Uh, Is that your takeaway? Episode 120. (laughs) Yeah. And that just sucks. Not for everybody, though. Who doesn't it suck for that the Seahawks couldn't beat the Giants on Sunday afternoon? Who doesn't it suck for? Who's okay with that result besides Giants fans? Yeah, I was going to say Giants fans. Besides Rams fans and Cardinals. No, no, no. Oh. There's a contingent. There's actually a group of Seahawks. They don't want to be heard right now. They're not going to come out right now. They're going to stay inside and pretend that they don't think this way and not say it too loud. But there is a contingent of Seahawks fans that don't care that the Seahawks lost to the Giants. The ones who took the 10 and a half points? Yes. And the money line? (laughs) Yes, that's not where I was going, but you can take me there. That's not exactly where I was going. Where was I going? How about the Seahawks fans that think the five seed is better than the two seed? Oh, Oh, that group. Oh, Oh, yes. They love losing, don't they? I don't know if they love losing, (laughs) but guess where they are as of the moment. They're back into the five seed, the high wild card. Now, here's the problem with that thinking. Do you want to play this team again? Everybody thought, hey, we want to play the NFC East winner. We don't care that we have to go across the country. We We want to. Be careful what we wish for. You want to you want to play them in their place right. on, in January with all of their defense, thinking, "Oh, we've got these guys figured out," and their starting quarterback instead of their backup. Co- you sure you want them again? All you people that want the five seed, you sure you want them again? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't. Well, the answer might just be, <laughs> "Yeah, I want them again because I'd rather them than what you get as the two seed." which might be the Rams or the Cardinals again in your play. It may still be that you want the – maybe you want the rematch. Maybe you say, no, 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 I got a lot of pride, Mitch. I'm a, I'm a 12 <laughs> with a lot of pride. I do want those effing Giants again. I want to show the world that they – you know, we, I want Wayne Gallman again. Had you ever even heard of Wayne Gallman? Do you know who Wayne Gallman no, is? No, no, I had not heard of him until uh, <laughs> this game, yes. Until the third quarter Yeah, right, game. exactly. Yeah. But, well, the good news is on the way over, I or have already gone through all five stages of grief, and I'm already at Are acceptance, <laughs> so on to the other stuff. Let's go. Come on. I got some stories. Let's okay, do it. Okay, well, we, we're in the T section, so yeah. we're not supposed to talk too much about the Seahawks in the T section. Yeah. Did I see that you uh, you purchased your uh, <laughs> your Christmas trees? Oh, did I? Yes. I've never purchased a Christmas. I don't even know what that's. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even know where to go except that I'm driving down the highway every once in a Always. while, and I look over and there's like an empty lot with all kinds of trees. Oh, I thought you were going to say you see them on top of cars. I do. Going 75 miles yes. down like a missile. Yes. God, that with thing branches coming off. They're tied. Yes. I, I don't know. That's a part of the world. That's a part of life that I don't know anything about. Yeah, I was very jealous of you uh, Saturday night as I was in a. Now lot. you've never had a menorah, I'm sure. Uh, but we use the same menorah. Year after year. I think I'd probably be one of those fake Christmas tree guys if I celebrated that holiday. I'm really torn because it's a pain in the ass. It is. Is it's it? It's heavy. It's dirty. The needles oh. fall off. T- today, I'm dicking around with a stand, twisting oh. and turning. How does oh. it look? And, oh. But that's sort of part of the fun of it. My daughter and I go down there. We hang out in the cold. We sip cider. We look at trees. You know, yeah. so I'm kind of torn. I, and she's going to be out of the house in a few years. And, you know, I'll probably miss doing it. But, yeah. It's, How about oh, the wife? Is she involved in any of this? Does uh, she care about the Trish? Who's Christmas that now? Do the wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was very busy with holiday party, you know, you did yeah, whatever, cookie I exchange. See. And she said, you guys I just see. go do it. Yeah. So we went down and got and it. And she accepts whatever tree you bring back. 
Well, that's not typically how it goes. I, I always worry about that. I don't like to do anything because she's very particular. Oh. So I was nervous about it. But I'm telling you, we all send a pic. It's the greatest tree I've ever seen in my life. Really? We got the best tree ever. I, every year. Everybody like, listening to this? All 10 people listening to this right now have an inferior tree to yes. the Soden family? I don't know you can do better. The Soden family in Issaquah, Washington? That's yes, right, Issaquah, Washington. <laughs> I don't know that you can do better than this tree. I'm not okay. joking. Really? Well, I can't do better than this tree. <laughs> no, you can't. But now you're going to hang like little ornaments and put a little star at the top. And oh, you, yeah, the whole You do thing. the whole thing with the mistletoe. Is it mistletoe that goes around it? Is that what? No, no that's mistletoe, not mistletoe hangs. And then that's where yeah, you, kiss you have under. to kiss someone. What's yeah. the thing that goes around that's like frilly? Tinsel. tinsel. Yeah, we, we don't do tinsel. Some yeah. people do. We don't. Don't, but um, no tinsel. You'll be happy to know that I also had lights put up professionally on our house. That was five hundred and eighty dollars this past Holy weekend. Holy shit! That why, was that why, was my response. Why not you do it? Well, first of all, we have like three. Le- we don't. It's not a three story house, but there's all these different little yeah little areas. I it's just a, I, I'm not getting up on. Would it surprise you that my son and wife and I, not Max, but Brett, we will during the holiday. We're big holiday lights guy. You, I mean. I think I've gone through this with you. I'm a huge Christmas music guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. We don't celebrate Christmas. Right. But I, I listen to Warm 106.9 <laughs> from the week before Thanksgiving yeah. right through to New Year's. Okay. Gotcha. I love it. And they hate the fact that I do it. But I, I love Christmas music. Okay. I really do. I love Christmas music. And I love Christmas lights. I grew up. My mom always liked Christmas lights. We don't do the house, but we will take a, take a car drive a couple times a uh, a season. Oh, we'll go look at them. We'll go see. look at. We yeah. love going. Yeah, that's cool. And and we've gotten into the business of like analyzing. We're tough graders. Is that right? <laughs> which ones are a little bit overkill? Oh. Which lights we like? Which houses we think way overdo it? We like certain types of bulbs. We like certain types of colors. Yeah. I mean, we are rating houses. I mean, if people knew in this in this neighborhood where you sit right now, if people knew the kind of fine eye that the Levies use <laughs> with all of the people in the neighborhood. They throw us right out. It's throw us right the hell out. We don't need your judgment. Get out of we here. Like, we like soft white and bushes. I mean, we. you ask Brett, he'll tell you, okay, here's what I like. He's got a whole thing. Huh? Oh, yeah. Here's what I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's getting crazy now this Christmas. I mean, they have like, I saw one, it was two trees that were somehow, their mouths were moving. The, the lights are, and they're talking to each other. There's speakers outdoor. It, it's like a whole thing. Like it's getting crazy. These Christmas light okay. celebrations. I think, well, I, I think we need to surreptitiously. Oh, I, I use that word. I used it in my uh, thing on. I don't even my... know. I don't even know what it means. But surreptitiously, <laughs> I think we need to take a drive by your house without you knowing. Yeah. And we we'll probably we're very particular in the kind of lighting we like on houses. Okay. Would we think that you're overkill? Would we think that you're we're using the wrong, wrong bulbs? No, we like under. We like okay. subtle. We like. Kind of subdued elegance. Ours is that kind of it's, it's on it's on the house lines and it's just the, the like the white ones. That's Ooh, it. We like that. evenly spaced. We like that. Anything in bushes? Professionally. Anything in bushes? Well, here's the thing. It's like, do we want to then go spend a bunch of money on bush stuff because we did the house for five hundred eighty? But I'm like, five hundred eighty for well, just the frame of the house. It's five hundred, and then while he was up there, we have some moss on there, and he has moss killer. Okay, so, so that's eighty. So five eighty. Yeah. How much of the the Christmas tree, one Christmas tree. Yeah, that was a uh, buck twenty-five or something like that. Okay, so now we're up over seven. Yep. What else? Uh, we bought a new little projector that shoots a thing up onto the onto the garage. You've seen those, right? What does it shoot up there? Like a, it, it shoots a, a lights, like a little. It says Merry Christmas, and then there's like moving stuff because oh. the little lens spins. Yeah, I don't know that we like that. <laughs> 
Well, I'll take it right back. How much? How much did I touch? I don't back? know. That just shows up at the house. I don't know. My wife bought it. Oh, it's seven fifty. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't look at this God holiday almighty. season as a pragmatic. Before you even start the yeah. gift. Buying. Exactly. Before you're I bought a thousand one in, you're a grand in. I know it's crazy. He says, you better hit a Thursday night winner. <laughs> Sorry, there was a snip there. <laughs> yeah, but the good news is the guy told me uh, next year when he does it, it's only four hundred. If, if we want him to do it again next year, knocks a hundred off. Tell him to make it four hundred this year. Yeah. Don't talk to me about it. You know what I say when people say that that type of thing? I tell you how what I say. What? I I probably will be dead next year. <laughs> so. I don't know that it's going to really play a, play a huge huge role. He All told right. me he was putting them up on Thursday, and then I get an email. Hey, sorry, they didn't come in. Any chance I can do it Saturday? And I was thinking, for 450 you can do it Saturday. Let's <laughs> see if we can take 50 bucks off Man. for being two days late there, fella. Man. So yeah. you're all set now. Is uh, it, yeah. You haven't decorated the tree. No, yet, right? I just put that up during the Seahawks. And you'll put the, you're going to put the, she's not a, she's not a Santa Claus believer still, is she? She'll be 35, Mitch. I'm telling you, we're creating a monster. Like, it, it, she might throw, throw herself yes? off the house when she finds out it's not real. I mean, I hope kids aren't. She's looking. still a Santa Claus believer? It's crazy. Does she leave the cookies and the whole thing? The whole thing. Come Elf on. Elf on a shelf. She's 24, isn't right. she? She'll, <laughs> she'll be that age. When really? Like, do, her, do her friends tease her? Well, or I'm not? sure they tell her, but she doesn't have that, that mindset of, I'm going to look under every stone and get to the bottom of it. She doesn't want to get to the bottom to of anything. She just wants to That's right. God love her. She knows presents come. We she do. knows Hanukkah. Harry's not real, does she? <laughs> she? If he brought her stuff, she'd be in. Believe John me. Lovett says Hanukkah Harry. Do you remember? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Oi, slow-mo. Oi, Clemson. Uh, okay. We should play the Hanukkah song at some point on the podcast. That's, I love that song. The Adam That's Sandler. Like, oh, yeah. sure, sure. Did you he play might, it? He messes a, a few things up, but yeah. Well, yeah, I might be kind of dated. Like He does the Seattle Supersonics owner, which was before Barry Ackerley. I, I don't know who that was. But that that's in there. That's yeah. some things are a little old, but it's still funny. I love that song. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And so, we'll just sit and listen to it. Happy. I mean, people, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you could just sort of plug it in. Oh yeah. We can laugh and listen to it. Whatever. All right. I'm trying to get in the mood here. You're the guy that loves all the holiday music. Let's go. I'm ready. Anything to not talk Seahawks or God subscribe, sake. subscribe, subscribe to Mitch Unfiltered. If you listen to Apple. Uh, Apple iTunes or whatever you call it, Apple Tunes, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Post a rating and review. We always like the ratings and review. We're starting to get a a couple of kind of flowing in a flurry, a flurry coming in now, trickling in. Yeah. King of Magnolia writes five stars. Mitch is fun, smart, intelligent. No, Mitch is a fun, smart, and intelligent listen. Oh, really? Never All those me- things never mentioned yet. <laughs> I, I am among the few who was not a regular for Mitch on the radio, but I'm glad to have discovered him here for funny, intelligent talk about sports and other stuff. Mitch Unfiltered is an exemplary listen. Two stars. I, I can't understand that. I got to nothing about me. Huh? Just nothing. Here's right. one. Here's one. Uh, oh, no. He goes on to say, he goes on to say, his paid podcast is only five bucks a month. Honestly, I think it's underpriced for the amount and quality of content we get. I feel like I'm stealing from Mitch and Steve. Not you. Mitch and Steve. Mitch okay. and Steve. Yeah. For a mere five bucks. And then he writes, more ratso, please, more ratso. You got a lot of feedback about that. Everybody wants more ratso. Yeah. He was controversial in that documentary I watched. Was he? Oh, yeah. He was well, he, he, kind of a shit stirrer a little well, bit. Well, you know? did you, if you listen to the, the interview last week, he kind of got me, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but he was taking me to an area of discomfort when he started in on the on Mike the Mike Tyson, oh, you know, I, on the on the rape accusation. I'm on walking the, down the frozen foods aisle at Safeway. I know exactly where I was when he started in. And I'm thinking, 
Okay. Did you ever think that I was sitting here thinking, oh boy, I don't know that I want him to go down this road? Yeah, com- I don't I mean, know. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for sure. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's trying to sully her name a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. all nonsense. It yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. And even though Tyson went to prison for it, he did. So, yeah, that, that was, yeah, he that definitely has his opinions, but. He doesn't care. No, he sure doesn't. No, at, at 80 79. Years old, 79, doesn't yeah. care. Ratso, if you haven't heard Ratso, probably a top five Mitch Unfiltered interview. Here's one. Ryan K32 on the, uh, the Apple podcast site gave us five stars. Love this guy. Glad he's back, but would like to have more shows in the week to listen to. Oh, now that's going to screw you up. Him and Hotshot are entertaining and fun, unlike most of the sports shows on the radio. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the five stars, Ryan yeah. K32. Thank you very much. You'd like to have more shows during the week? I knew that was going to screw with you. How, how many shows during the week do we do? <laughs> what do you suggest here? I think we're now up to five total shows a week. Yeah, during football for sure. During yeah. football season. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. Because Ryan K32, unless I can't figure this out, and le- because Ryan K32 wrote such a nice thing and he gave us five stars, yeah. I am offering Ryan K, if he's listening right now, if he sends me a note, I am going to, for the holidays, make him a patron. I'm going to pick up the cost of his patronship. Oh, that's nice So that he can have more more shows per week since he's he's lacking for more shows per week. Well, now you're going to get inundated with people saying, we need more content. I wish I could Well, it. I thought you were going to say I was going to get inundated with people saying they're Ryan K32. Oh, yeah, that too. How right? do I? <laughs> yeah. Is there any way? Is there anything he can do to convince me that it's him? Because I really, this offer is to Ryan K32. I'm going to get like 12 Ryan K32s. Yeah, I don't know now. On Monday I afternoon. I don't know. Uh, you're the I'd one like to buy stuff. him for the holidays a few months, maybe more, a few Maybe I'll just buy him a year. I'll give him a year of Mitch Unfiltered patronage. And then he'll come right around and say, it's enough. It's more than enough <laughs> It's shows. actually too much. Yeah, I was wrong. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. uh, become a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com. It's an awesome little gift for yourself or someone that you know. Oh, by the way, they asked, Patre- uh, Patreon asked, and I set it up so that you can buy a year's worth and get a month off. So if you oh, buy, great. If you, if you buy a year's worth of Mitch Unfiltered patron, even if you are a patron, if you're not a patron, obviously, if you are a patron, you can shift it and you can say, I want to buy a year. I don't nice. know. Don't ask me how to do it. <laughs> you get you pay for eleven months out of the two. You get a month free. Love it. If you if you do a year in advance. You can become a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com. Some business beat the boys week fourteen coming up. How'd you do in week thirteen? I don't know. I didn't look. I know how you did in week thirteen. Oh, you looked, did you? Oh yeah, I sent it to you. Right. Yeah. How'd I do? Well, you had the Saints. I did. And I had the Falcons. Yeah. I told you I thought the Falcons were going to win that t- game, and they were right there. Yeah. They were right on the doorstep. They threw a pass into the end zone at the end, right? Well, no, forget how about the series before, third and two from the from the ten yard line, and the guy gets thrown for a six yard loss, yeah. and then they end up turning the ball over. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so you had the Falcons. No, no, I, I had uh, the you, Saints. you had the Saints. Yeah. I had the Falcons. You had Tennessee. Tennessee, who got beat at home badly by the Colts. No, they actually came back. They oh, lost they by did? seven. Oh, I thought yeah. it was 21. And then I think you had the Rams. I had the Rams, yes. And so did I. So I hit one, you hit two. There you go. That's it. Beat the boys week 14 games. Here they are. And I'm not kidding. Jets at Seahawks. I'm putting it in. Really? I'm, I'm gambling that people are going to forget to, to enter and we're going to get a freebie. Because <laughs> there's no way the Seahawks are losing to the Jets next. There's no way... 
You heard me right. There's no way the Seahawks are losing to the Jets. No way. No way. They're not going to be the first victim of the New York Jets. But they always, it's like what I told you when I, when I play roulette. I'm like, my number hasn't been up for a long time. It's either so due or it's not going to ever come up. They, they might be due to put a game together. Yeah. But are they, when your number doesn't come up in the roulette, is it because of the quality of number it is? They haven't won because of the quality of football right. team they are. I don't think thirty-six. Uh, I don't think twelve black <laughs> has like less space on the roulette wheel. They're an inferior number, an inferior space as the reason why it hasn't come up. I think twelve. If red, that makes any twelve's red, but who's who's counting? Whatever. Is it? I don't have. I think idea. it is red. Yeah. Is it even reds and no, no, it doesn't work that way. Oh, no, no, not at all. I have no but they, idea. but the rate. I mean, they almost beat the I'm Raiders. Glad that you know, though. Well, I, I love me some roulette. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to. I'm retired now. But yeah, I don't play roulette. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a 35 to one payoff on a number straight up. I mean, how can you resist? That's a big very thing. easily. <laughs> Why? Because there's 38 Watch numbers. <laughs> I've done it for 53 years. I can show you how to resist. You throw 10 bucks down, your number hits. You're back in business, baby. Jets at Seahawks. Colts at Raiders. Steelers at Bills. It's the Beat the Boys Week 14 presented by Fireside Home Solutions. If you want a fireplace, FiresideHomeSolutions.com. We thank John and the crew over at Fireside Home Solutions. Your code word is to get in Ratso. Now that's how do we spell that? R A T S O. Okay. R-A-T-S-O. The official nickname of Larry Sloman. Love it. Ratso. R A T S O. All right. All right. Brady Henderson, Rick Neuheisel, and Scott Kramer. You know Henderson and Neuheisel? Scott Kramer joins us on this episode 120. Why? He wrote a recent article for Forbes magazine listing the fun gadgets that everybody's purchasing this holiday season. Love it. And one thing that guys love about the holiday season are the new, like, Best Buy, Amazon, Doc, whatever, wherever you sell. These new highfalutin gadgets, I think. I love new gadgets. I love gadgets. it, too, yeah. We, we got a, we got a, um, a couple of years ago an Oculus... Um, what's it called? Uh, virtual reality goggles. Oh, you did. Before you used to have to plug them into your computer. Yeah. But now these are all self-contained. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I get nauseous with those things. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's like going on a boat. Yeah, there's like roller coaster things you could go on. There's a horror movie. It's Really? Oh, I love it. But they have a new Oculus now, of course. A new one. So yeah, I love gadgets. It's the best part. So Scott Kramer recently wrote an article for Forbes magazine listing. They all send him stuff. Oh, He's got to send it back. Oh, he does. I didn't yeah, know he that. He doesn't get to keep it. He send uh-huh. him stuff, and he everybody sends him stuff, and then he writes the ten that he liked the best. So we're going to talk to him about his favorite seven or eight. That's great gadgets this holiday season. I'm that's, surprised he has to send them back. What do you want with a used Oculus, especially with the pandemic? <laughs> maybe maybe he's just telling me that. <laughs> maybe he's if not, he'd have the greatest prize closet of all time. Remember the prize there was closet? One, there, yeah, there was one <laughs> like that was that he didn't put in there because it's all they, he only does ones that are under two hundred dollars. Okay, that's part of the rules. But somebody sent him one that's like thousands of dollars where it's like you look in the mirror and you train. It's a boxing thing. You put it in the you put it in the garage and it's like a boxing thing and the people are live in there. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? It's called about. the mirror. It's kind it's kind of like the Peloton, but for boxing. Yeah, it's called the mirror. I don't know what it is. Yeah, called. my wife's getting one for Christmas, turns out. <laughs> she is. Thousand she, this the, the one that I'm talking about? Well, father in law picked drive that it. one up. Father in law <laughs> picked that one up. You can fly it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steve Dion, this is a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, Brady Henderson, Rick Neuheisel, Scott Kramer, lots of Seahawks stuff, other stuff, lots of fun, even though they lost. And this is episode 120. As we begin this episode 120, Scott, a few words for Daniel's broiler while inside dining is on hold again. 
Three locations of Daniels have decided to stay open this time around with some outside seating and a growing pickup and delivery business. You can imagine how difficult it is right now for the Schwartz family's 40-year-old Northwest institution. Consider an incredible Daniels steak dinner at your place and make your home a world-class steakhouse. The Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage, if you were ever going to take a look at your current mortgage and see if a refinance is a good idea. You'd be a fool not to do it now or soon. Rates in the twos could mean huge monthly savings for you and your family. Just a five-minute call with Jordan Flowers and his team. They'll identify how much you can save. Call 425-250-3150. 425-250-3150. The Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage. Evergreen Golf Call. Vaccines are coming Unemployment is recovering. The stock market is at an all-time high. Tyler Hayes' Evergreen team can help you make some very profitable decisions to take advantage of your current opportunities. Begin at evergreengolfcall.com. That's evergreengavekal.com. Fill out a client compatibility survey. Evergreen Golf Call is a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. And Zeke's Pizza, as we continue to support our local businesses, remember to order Zeke's Pizza delivery. We did it this week. Northwest-style pizza on unmatched beer selection. Both can be safely at your door in minutes. No time. Download the Zeke's Pizza app and enjoy Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest without all of those partners. Mitch Unfiltered's not possible. Episode 120 begins right now unfiltered i got a feeling people are going to jump off the hopkins bandwagon quickly and that would make me sad because you know hopkins is a syracuse guy he went there just after i did played there coached there so i hope that husky fans have a little patience but yeah this has a this has the makings to be a really really bad bad year unfiltered i think if you're going into this game thinking okay the seahawks are going to look like the old seahawks offense and put up 40 on the giants I think he'd be probably wrong, probably wrong, but what do I know? Mitch is unfiltered. underway on episode 120 even though we're like 45 minutes into the podcast yes. too bad too bad steve uh we should start with seahawks and then we'll save the other stuff because i got a lot of other stuff you got a lot of other stuff for the last segment and yeah. we got the seahawks losing to the giants on sunday to fall to eight and four big which, boxing news broke during the seahawk game i don't know if you saw or not no we'll get into that and the other stuff rematch so don't go anywhere tyson news no it's a it's a, a new match that's looks like it's going to happen that I've that I've talked about on this podcast. Do we care about boxing anymore on this podcast? Well, again, I used to as a kid, I knew everything about boxing. But this this boxing match is it's a it's one of the novelty ones, like Tyson. Oh, okay. So you're going to wait for uh, the other stuff. Apparently, those we care about now for some reason. Everyone loves those. Well, if it was a boxing match that was on display on Sunday at Luton, Lumen, Luton, yeah, Lumen. Lufen, I don't know. They are, they already suck at Luton Field, whatever the Lumen Field, whatever it is. <laughs> that's true. They suck. <laughs> Um, the Giants won the boxing match. No question about that. Yes. 17 to 12. Uh, I'll give you the, the, the numbers that you need to know. They're eight and four. They got the Jets next. I'm guaranteeing victory. Then they've got the Washington football team after that. We'll see about that one. 
I'm not ready to guarantee victory there. Uh, the Rams take over first place. You know this. I'll give you a little bit of Mr. P, but we'll have the, the big Mr. P segment this coming week, and I'll go through all of the reasons why five seed's better than two or two's better than five and who's winning the tiebreakers and who will win the top. I'll project ahead because now we're 12 weeks. We're 12 games into a 16-game season. We've got four four right. games to go. We're in the last quarter of the season, and that's when Mr. P starts doing a lot of projections, not just tiebreakers as of the moment. So the Rams take over first place. You don't need Mr. P to take tell you that because they're both 8-4 and four and the Rams won. Um, and for the people that, uh, that want the five seed, you're not that miserable. Whether you're listening to this on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're not that miserable. If you want the five seed, that's where they are. The well, it's, but it's a little more complicated than that. I know it? it is. Just a tad... They let's, just didn't play well. Let's let's say they go down and, and they score at the end like Russell's done so many times and they, they win the game, you know, last minute. Yeah. How excited would or should Seahawks fans have been? Like, hey, that was a good win. Or or is it just fool's gold again? Are we like, well, they, they were getting their butts kicked by the Giants all day. Who cares if they're 9 I three? actually can answer that question from my own opinion. Yeah. What I've been saying the last few weeks is I am not going to look into – how these games are played, these four games. I don't care how they win it. I just care that they win it. I'm not going to overanalyze it. If they win by a million in a game, if they beat the Jets this week by 30, I'm not going to sit here uh, next week on episode 121 and dissect their performance in the game. I think they're playing four pretty much tomato cans, even though Sunday the Giants didn't look like a tomato can. For some reason. I I think the Seahawks needed to beat all four of them. And I wasn't going to assess their play. So I was not going to overanalyze how they played if they had won that game, what, 19 to 17 or whatever it was. Were you encouraged that the defense looked better for the past couple of weeks? To me, it's like the offense is going to figure it out. They have Russell Wilson. I think they'll be fine. Well, then you should think they're going to win the Super Bowl because you must love the way the defense is playing and you think the offense is going to figure it out. You must think they're going to be a Super Bowl champion. I don't know if I love how the defense is playing, but they're playing better. They're definitely playing better than they were early on when they're giving up 35. Yeah, and- they're playing better against Colt McCoy. Yeah, okay. Against Sterling Shepard. They're playing better against Carson Wentz and no receivers. Okay. They're playing better against, well, not so much against Wayne Gallman, but they're playing better against, yeah, the weak sisters of the poor offensively. So, again, I'm not going to get too caught up, good or bad, in the style and quality of play in these four games. I'm disappointed that they lost the game. I'm disappointed they lost the game, even though they're the five seed and whatever, eight and four. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's any jeopardy that they're not going to make the playoffs, even though I've got somebody that's jabbing me to tell me, oh, no, 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 they're going to win two of their last four. They're going to not win the division. and It's going to be a stretch for them to get in the wild card. A stretch? Yeah, stretch. With At that- 10 wins with an extra playoff team this year <laughs> and a bunch of teams that suck. Stretch, but don't get me started on that. Well, I want to get you started at some no, point. No, no. Don't now. get me started. I've got eight things, but I'll let you go first. What, what, what is on your list before I list the, the eight? Some are obvious. I have eight thoughts. All right. One through eight. I have eight thoughts about the game on Sunday, and then we can go off to the interviews, and we can go off to the other stuff and have some more fun. Do you want to start us off with what you've got? Since Russ trademarked Let Russ Cook on October 6th, they've gone 500. <laughs> and that's my big takeaway from this game is I think he jinxed himself. They've gone 500 since he trademarked that on October 6th. So there you go. I actually have some good news. I, I thought Ryan Neal looks like an up-and-comer to me. Maybe I got a little too excited. Got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt, hurt unfortunately, but yeah. blocks the punt and recovers it. I mean, he, he he also broke up the pass that was then picked. No, he didn't block the punt and then recover it. No, no, he he didn't recover it, right, yeah. but No one recovered it. 
Officially, oh. no one recovered, and that's on my list. It is. Yeah. Okay. We'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nobody recovered the block pump, but I get your point. He, he deflected the ball that ended up an interception to, to Diggs. Yeah. He, got, he had a good game. He looks like he had someone game. I'm excited about. He, he had a good game. So did Brooks. So did the rookie. I, I, I'm now, I think I'm getting close to being all in on Brooks the rookie. Yeah. Yeah, I said on Twitter that whoever said he was fast in the scouting report was completely right. He looks fast out there. I man. like, I, he's, I think he's coming into his own. I think they've got something in Brooks. I yep. think we gotta give, we've got to give Pete Carroll and John Schneider a little bit of credit for that, uh, that choice. We talked about this last episode, I think, but I'm ready for DJ Reed to return punts the rest of the season. I don't know why he doesn't. He looked so fast on that one. It was right before the end of the half, I think. And he, so there's an unwritten rule when you return punts and kicks that you really only get one move. Sometimes you get two, maybe, uh-huh. but you know what? There's no dancing around, right? Right. He gets that, doesn't he? He gets the ball, and he is downhill. They don't use him, though, when the punt is coming too deep in their own territory. It's kind of like the whole Bobby Ingram thing. I don't know. Remember the is. Bobby Ingram thing? And the, and the in, in recent years, the Doug Baldwin thing? I believe that Pete Carroll and whoever the special team, the special teams coach, I know he took a leave of absence. I think he's back. I think the special teams coach and Pete Carroll's philosophy is when we're returning a punt and our guy is deep in our own territory, which means, A, we need somebody sure-handed, A, and B, there's probably, there's likely not to be a punt, so we need somebody to use judgment back there, be sure-handed, make the right decision. They end up using a different guy. In this case, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, in this case, they use David Moore. They used to use whoever, Bobby Ingram, and they used to use Doug Baldwin. Gotcha. And then when you're a little bit further away from your own end zone where you look like you could get a return out of the thing, maybe they go to Reed on that. Maybe maybe that's okay. their philo- That seems to be their philosophy. Plus, you had Reed. Here was the other problem on Sunday. You had Reed in the starting lineup as a corner. Right. Typically, Reed is either not out there at all or maybe a nickel. He's not out there. Now you got Trey Flowers on the injured reserve, so you got Reed that's vital in that point. You don't want to get to on the corner. You don't want to get to where you are at right tackle, do you? At right. offensive right tackle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you had Trey Flowers is actually the second string guy. Dunbar's the first string guy. He's out. Flowers the second I string guy. You. I He's forgot out. about Dunbar till now. Okay. <laughs> I was like, where's he been? Reed's the third <laughs> string yeah. guy. So that might also play into whether you want to put him at risk on special teams. Just a, just a couple of okay. thoughts. No, I like him, but he just he yeah. looks fast to me. And I, the, I like him. The, this, I like him. I know you got a lot of stuff to get into, but... No, I just got eight. This, this, just eight. This drive summed up the game for me. The Seahawks got the ball with, I don't know, 25 seconds left before halftime? Yes, after the safety. After the safety, right. And yeah. it's like, here's Which the, what it should have been a touchdown. Yeah, extra six points would have been nice. Five. five. It's an extra five. Do the math. It's yeah. Well, it would have been six instead of two is what I meant to say. No, it would have been seven instead of two. But go ahead. Well, you get six for actually recovering it. But then you still have to kick it, turns out. Myers, how long you watch football. Myers doesn't miss. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Except on extra points, he does miss one every once in a while. That drive before the half, you could have got a cheap three out of it, right? I mean, you don't have to go that far. Um, false start. Intentional grounding. Yeah. And then Russell runs up the middle because yeah. nobody was open. And yeah. then they, brutal, right? Yeah. That, that drive summed up the entire game for me. And speaking of grounding, really quick, does it seem like he's getting called for more of those than he ever has in his career? He was the master of throwing the ball away and not getting called for grounding when he was in trouble. Yeah. Does it feel like more of those are getting called or no? Is it just me being sensitive because I root for them? More? I don't, it feels like he's Maybe gotten a couple a of those. Well, he has gotten a couple where he throws the ball deep from the pocket. Yeah. 
typically when you throw the ball that deep from the pocket, you don't get a call like that because somebody somewhere, right. they're looking for more of the ones that you throw a little bit shorter than that. Um, yeah, I can see. I, I, there, there have been a couple of two, three where he's just thrown the ball away yeah. deep down the sidelines from the pocket. He's not getting that call. He's not getting that no call anymore. That's right. right. That's what it feels like I think like that's what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 All right, what do you got? Well, I got eight things. I think the game... I think the game on Sunday comes down to two main storylines. Okay. Pretty obvious. Like, some of this stuff is pretty obvious. You don't need me to tell you. Other stuff, maybe you'll be intrigued by my thoughts or my, my the way I look at the game. The two obvious points from the Sunday game is, number one, the Giants' defense's ability to bottle up Seattle's offense. Yeah. When very few teams have been able to do it, they come in here and they had a good defense. We talked about this on the tail of the tape. I told you they're very like the Philadelphia. They muddy up the game. They're, they're, they're not bad defensively. We went through this. In yeah. fact, I showed you that their number, their aggregate number was pretty low. The Giants, are, we knew they had a good defense and they bottled up. So that's, that's storyline number one. Now, let's focus in on the passing element of that. Not the running game. Because okay. Carson averaged five yards a carry. Yep. We'll get to Carson in the running game a little bit later in my list. But... The bottling up of the pass game, the five sacks, the 10 pressures, the 10 quarterback hits, what were they doing? Well, the truth of the matter is, my first comment is, if you're not at the game watching with a fine eye, you really don't know. If you're watching TV, we don't know what's going on in the secondary because we don't see it. Right. When, When Russell Wilson holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball, and then it breaks down and he throws it away or he gets sacked. We don't know, A, what the Giants are doing. We don't know if there's somebody open that he doesn't see. We don't know We don't know anything because we're watching the TV broadcast. That's so right. for somebody who is watching the TV broadcast to tell you they know what's happening, it's bullshit. Right. That's the first thing yeah, I would say. Because the cameras follow the ball. Right. Yeah. I, and I think it's important to, to notice that or, or to note that because for me – Almost all of the pressures on Sunday, almost all of them, he had time. Hmm. I can't remember one where he went back and there was just a jailbreak and he went down. You know, that we've seen those over the years. With, sure. We've seen the Rams. offensive line. Just, yeah, like Aaron Donald, before right. he even sets up, is on him. It seemed like every time he was hit, every time he was sacked on Sunday, correct me if I'm wrong, he went back, he had time, he had time, he had time. And he either didn't find anybody or nobody was open or they were doing something in the secondary. So that's the key to that's That's the main question that I have. What happened? Was it his fault? Now, I can tell you, I, and I even tweeted it out. I could show you the picture here while we're doing the podcast. There was one big sack on third down or on second down in the third quarter. They were going right to left on our screen and they were getting ready to get in the field goal range. And bam, he got yeah. sacked. And they showed... And even the, the broadcasters were saying, everybody's covered, look, and they showed all the guys going out, and yet Freddie Swain, while they're, while they're trying to tell us that everybody's covered and they're showing us the wide receivers, yeah. Freddie Swain is wide open. Huh. I mean, there's nobody within a mile of him. Here, I'll show you. So what does that mean then? Does that mean Russell? On that, on that particular occasion, yeah. Russell did not see Freddie Swain. There's just no question about huh. it. Because had he seen Freddie Swain, there's no way he wouldn't have thrown the ball to this guy. 16 times out of 16 times. Here you go. Here's my here's my my tweet. Here's my tweet of that play. Yeah. I circled Freddie Swain. Yeah, it's an excuse. There's, there's no there's nobody within how many how many yards of Freddie Swain? This Ten. was on that th- this was on like a 15-yard sack 
where he had time and he couldn't find anybody. How many people? Who's the closest one? There's nobody within 10 yards. 10, 12 yards yeah. of him. Yep. Way down the field. Yep. He just didn't see him. So I'm not here to say it's Russell's fault. I'm saying it's probably a combination of Russell not seeing some people, maybe not 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 seeing some open receivers, and the Giants doing a good job. Maybe Tyler Lockett was a little banged up after that play with the head. Oh, the first hit he took? Whatever hit he took, yeah. and maybe maybe there are reasons. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't give you a definitive answer because I was not at the game and wa- I was watching what the TV showed me. So that's the first. That's number one. Number two, the co-headline of the, of the game is the Giants running game. Yeah. Everybody's asking the very interesting question, which I would be typically asking, which is how can a team that's so limited offensively with 55-year-old Colt McCoy and no explosiveness in the passing game? No, he threw – you know what? How many yards did Colt McCoy threw for on Sunday? Well, I think I looked. I was like 185 or something. How about 105? Oh, 105. How about 13 of 22 for 105 yards? Yeah. Hard to win games with that, but they got away. (laughs) Okay. So the question should be, how can you, with a team that's got no – you have no risk of really losing wide receivers in passing game, how could a team run like that at you with a third-string running – I mean, Saquon Barkley was not playing. Looked like he these was. Are, these were journeyman running backs <laughs> yeah. that were doing or one running back that was doing it. And everybody wants to know, how can that possibly be? Well, I, I want to point something out that nobody has pointed out that I've seen either on Twitter or social media during the game broadcast, in the postgame show. I watched the Q13 thing. I don't think anybody is bringing up something that's very important, which is they had 190 yards rushing, which is the worst. I mean, it's, te- it's how, can, how can you give up 190 yards rushing to the Giants? But it wasn't like they were running the ball at them the whole game successfully. We just feel like it was. When they ran, when the guy busted off that 60-yarder, and by the way, go back and look at Quandre Diggs on that play. I know Jamal Adams took responsibility for it. Go watch the angle that that Quandre Diggs comes in when he comes into the hole to try to knock the guy. Just totally takes the wrong angle. The guy runs yeah. right by him. But when he busted off that 60-yarder, okay, that was in the third quarter. I just want to share with you that these are stats. Okay. That was the 17th carry for the Giants. The 17th. The, the team that dominated the Seahawks on the ground on Sunday, because it feels like that, 190 yards. Sure. That was the 17th carry. In the first 16 carries, two and a half quarters, okay. they had 50 yards on 16 carries. 3.1 yards a carry. The Seahawks huh. dominated them. You'll take that every day of the week. They yeah. dominated them over the first two and a half quarters on Run defense. So it wasn't like they were running all game against them. It feels that way, though. You're right. That play changed the whole freaking game. It changed the whole game. I'm not sure why or how. (laughs) From that moment on, he goes 60 yards. They ended up running it 31 times. So they ran it 16 times before that play for 50 yards. They ran it 15 times after that play for 140 yards and a nine-yard per carry clip so something happened on that run that took the entire steam out of the Seattle and if you go back and you watch after that run the defensive lineman became very sticky Seahawks you've heard that expression right not really yeah defensive linemen that don't do a good job against the run they get called sticky okay. they get they seem to stick to the offensive lineman they oh, don't gotcha. they don't they, it's, can't they don't, get off their blocks can't get off their blocks gotcha. they can't get in the holes and from that play on, they were fine up until that play they were not they were better than fine yeah. they were dominant up until that play and then something happened 
and they couldn't get off their blocks, and they gave up 140 yards. So I want to point that out. Yeah, it does. You're right. It feels like, well, we couldn't stop the run all day. Well, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. For two and a half quarters, you dominated them against the run. That's right. I don't know what the... What the significance of that play was, but from that point on, they huh. ran the ball hard at him. Yeah, I wonder if and they couldn't stop. If it's a coaching scheme, if, if, if they saw something, I'd, don't be, know. I'd be interested to find out. Don't know if I they got tired, little, yeah, fatigue, maybe, maybe that's it. Worn down, yeah. Don't know. All right, number three, and these will be fast. DJ Dallas, love me some DJ Dallas. <laughs> DJ on. Dallas, yeah. Come on, <laughs> how does he not? He's not an offensive tackle trying to recover that ball after the block punt. <laughs> right. Okay? He's not a defensive end. He's not even a linebacker. He's a running back who's supposed to be pretty good in the pass game, by yeah, the way. He has some catches, okay. yeah. The ball was right in it. It just rolled innocently right into his hand. There was no, like, there was no, like, you know, curving or the ball was spinning out English of control on it or it, anything no, yeah. it rolled right into the freaking uh, running back's hands how does yeah. he know that by the way that's the game I I, I as I now we'll never know as I, as far as I'm concerned if he catch if he I mean 99 and a half out of 100 times he he gains possession of that ball there was no yeah. defensive player there there was no, he only had his teammate there that was it it was right in his hands midway through the end zone right <sighs> and he lets it go if he comes up with that ball, it's 10 nothing. instead of 5 nothing. And you think that's the game? It's 10 nothing At halftime, it's 10 nothing. Now they can't run it as much as they want to run at the Giants. They might have to throw yeah. it, take some more risks with Colt McCoy. Come on. And by the way. Seahawks win the game if a running back, <sighs> a running back with good hands, yeah. can just hold a ball that's rolling right into his breadbasket. That's it. And to that point, how hard is it to get the Giants to quit? Meaning, you know, they, they oh, I think it's great... hard. Well, I think it's hard because I think they're in first place, and I think that they oh, play. Okay. They're playing with our new head coach. I think they play. No, I no, just no, think I... four and seven going into it. I forget they're no, in first place. They're in first place. They've lost a lot of games. I don't think they quit. You can't break their will. Very I don't think easily. they quit. But okay. I think a ten nothing with Colt McCoy offensively, and you've done nothing the whole game offensively. Hmm. Now it's the third quarter, and you're feeling like, okay, we're gonna have to take the baby. The baby, uh, what do they call the things on the bicycle? The baby wheels, baby wheels? Oh, training wheels. Training wheels. you got to take the training That's wheels right. off of him. He's going to have to make a play. And then you make a sack or a fumble or a pick or something. The whole yeah. game is different if the, if DJ Dallas just <sighs> handles that ball. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's like, go back and watch it again. It is just, it is the most simple little rolling ball that he'll ever have in his hands. And there was no English, no spin, no nothing on that ball. It's been some weird special teams plays in the league this season of guys unable to or unwilling to recover a ball, right? That weird onside kick. Onside where the kicks, it's yeah. Weird, yeah. weird special yeah. team stuff this year. Number four, clock management. Do I have to go through this again? <laughs> I, I, knew you're, I knew this was going to come okay. up. Okay, this did not cost him the game. As it turns out, it was not because they ran out of time. Correct. So maybe I shouldn't even bring this up. No, bring it up. I, have a question I can't for you. stand it. <laughs> I can't effing stand it. I'm going to throw myself out of a window. This is so freaking simple. So simple that coaches in this town and across the country can't figure out from Chris Peterson to, to Pete Carroll. These are Hall of Fame Cal. They can't f- effing figure out clock manage simple math clock management. They used to say it about Andy Reid, too. I mean, that, that was a big knock on him. Mike Holmgren, they said Super it about. Super Bowl winners, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on this because it didn't end up costing the game. It could have. First of all, it's not even part of clock management. Why are they needing to take a timeout 
on a field goal attempt by the other team. So strange. You can't get the right personnel out there? Yeah. Really? I mean, this is the freaking 12th game of the season, and you don't know, you can't get the right, you can't get out there and be organized enough to not have to burn a timeout when you're down by two scores? Yep. Okay, that's inexcusable. No doubt. To me, that's that's poor preparation, poor coaching, and inexcusable. High school that's teams do one. it. They that's do it, uh, that's not clock management per se, but that's just inexcusable. Yep. And then you saw it. They've got two timeouts left. Do I have to go through this? they go got on. two timeouts left. There's 2.45 to go. The Giants on second down run the ball. They're, they're running the ball on every down that they that they don't have to throw. They're literally only throwing on downs that they have to throw. Yeah. And it's like there's 2.45 to go, and the Seahawks have two timeouts and the two-minute warning, and the, they, they knock the guy down. It's like third and six, and there's like 2.34 to go. Yep. And they sit and they watch the clock go all the way down to the two-minute warning. Okay, this is... This is the most stupid thing I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's stupid. Something. Well, it's not the most stupid thing I've ever seen. But, I mean, what would what would he say? What, what's he, 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 he wouldn't know. He, he would blabber about something that doesn't make any sense. So would they all. <laughs> Chris Peterson would say to me, I've got a sheet. Chris Peterson used to always blame it on the sheet. Uh-oh. And New Eisel used to always say, change the effing sheet. Right. Throw the sheet in the trash. Okay, it's very simple, Hotshot. It's th- the opponent is trying, to draw, is trying to milk the clock, right? Sure. You're trying to get as much time for your offense as possible, right? You've got two timeouts left because you took a stupid timeout on the, on the field goal. And it's 2.35 and the clock's running. You have two choices. Two reasonable choices. You either take a timeout right there, 2.35. Now you've got one timeout left and the two-minute warning, Yep. right? Or you let it go all the way down, and you've got two minutes left. You got two timeouts left and no two-minute warning, right? After it takes it, right? Okay. And on top of it all, the opposing team's in a third and long situation, so they're in a passing situation. So which brings up the idea of an incomplete pass, which is what happened, and then the clock stops and you don't have to use a timeout, right? Right. Okay? Yeah. Am I making any kind of sense? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. so what do you do? Do you let the clock go down to two minutes, and then they throw an incomplete pass, and it's 154, right? Yeah. Or do you take your fir- your second timeout on defense is where we use timeouts. You can, you can control the clock on offense. You can on defense. At 235, then they try a pass. That goes incomplete, yep. and now it's 2.30, yep. and you've got a timeout, the two-minute warning, and it's fourth down with 2.30 to go. What, 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 do, you, what, what do you want? Uh, yeah, yeah. What more do I have to say? Well, yeah, if you're Does a, somebody really want to argue this with me? <laughs> no, but you're right. This you're, is like you're trying to explain to me that 3 plus 3 is 4. Yeah. Okay? You're going to try to convince me that 3 plus 3 is 4, and there's nothing you or Pete Carroll or Chris, Chris Peterson or Mike Holmgren or Andy Reid can tell me. This is simple arithmetic. Simple. You take the timeout at 2.35, your second timeout, and now you've got the two-minute warning and a timeout. So you still got the two timeouts right. as opposed to having the two timeouts. With 30 less seconds. With, with 30 less seconds. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. The, ti- the right. two-minute warning. You get the two-minute warning plus your one yeah. equals I'm two. I'm with you, man. Or you get from 2.35 and the opportunity that they're going to throw an incomplete pass or – you get your two timeouts at two minutes with no two-minute warning. It's This is un- why I have to go week through after this. Week. Why I have to spend time on a podcast on <laughs> yeah. this. It's crazy. Now, again, it didn't It didn't, it didn't lead, matter. No, but yeah. come on. Ple- people, right. please. If you're in a position where your enemy is time and someone can offer you 30 extra seconds, is, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. 
these these organizations spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on data and analysis and coaches and personnel and scouts and and and, 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 and kitchen guys and guys making <laughs> omelets and you know what? Hire me I know. for twenty five grand. I'll sit up there until the end of the game and then I'll say into his ears, take a timeout. Yep. I, I won't say a word. Yes, I probably would. I won't say a <laughs> word up there. Yeah. Hire a clock guy, please. It's crazy. You're right. You're you, right. You, you spend, you're spending a hundred grand on the guy making the chicken burritos. <laughs> right. <laughs> the guy's mowing the grass. God the sakes, I can't and, take it yeah. any longer. It's crazy. You're right. They, they should hire someone, an expert to be in their ear because I really think they're just caught up in the game. Yeah, they're it's, thinking about it's t- the next play. And by the way, I, I don't have any problem with that, by the way. Yeah. I get that. I get that. He's in the heat of a battle. And yep. But you know what it is? It really is. It's really about thinking about it in advance. I don't think Pete Carroll looks ahead enough. Hmm. I think if the play before, he should be saying to himself or his coaches in the in the headset, what are we doing if this? We, we, I think he gets caught in the moment. He's so in the moment, and maybe this isn't a bad thing. He's, Pete Carroll is so in the moment that then the moment hits and he hasn't really started to consider it until it's too late. Yeah. And by the way, you know how that works. If he if it's two thirty five and the clock's rolling and it gets to two twenty five and you haven't taken the timeout yet, now you really can't take the timeout from a PR standpoint, right? Yeah, because you waited too long. Because right? if you take it at two twenty five, you're going to get skewered right. in the press That's conference. Right. Why'd you wait? Let go ten seconds go. Yep. Right. So while he's thinking about whether I want to take a timeout or not, ten seconds goes off, and now he says to himself, oh, I can't take one now because people will skewer me. I might as well just let it go down to the two-minute warning. And he's going to die on the two-minute warning hill. That's, That's the right. hill he's choosing He'd to rather die be on that hill yep. than the, <laughs> why'd you waste ten seconds? What took you so long to get that, right? Right. So there's Meanwhile, he wasted of, 30. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, God. Every week. It's amazing. Oh, it really God. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, by the way, don't they have a guy up in the booth like or someone – Telling them whether they should challenge a play because they can see it. I mean, they have a guy for that, or it's probably just a coach, but you know, because yeah. he, he needs help with that. He can't see it. They should definitely have a guy to help with the clock management. I just told you, twenty. They're spending all their money on the omelet, <laughs> on the guy. omelets, and the burritos, chicken burritos. That's all right, good. number five. God bless Chad Wheeler, but please never play him again. Yeah. Third year pro out of USC, big boy playing right tackle. He's their fourth string right tackle, I think. Right. One, <laughs> two, three, four. And- right. It's it's shell. And then it was the guy with the long name who got hurt. Yeah. And then it's the guy, Jamarco, that played. And now, yeah, they're on their fourth string. And come on. Okay. The guy, he can't. Come on. How did he, how did he, how is he drawing? I, I don't even want to take shots at him. Yeah. Fourth yeah string he's guy. the fourth string. The guy. scary thing is, get it, him out of there. Would if you that please? guy walked in your house, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's the baddest guy on the just planet. Just put Puna Ford or somebody, you know, just have, <laughs> have a defensive. They like to do it. They like to change, take these guys and change their positions. You yeah. know, Sweeney, what was his name? Oh, yeah. Jerry. Uh, Sweezy. Sweezy yeah, was a yeah. defensive. They like, to, they like to move oh, these guys. That was Cable's <laughs> biggest thing. Well, he's a defensive line. We're going to convert. He yeah. loved to convert yeah. guys, you know. It worked well. It sure did. Yes. You put Jaron Reed. He's a big guy. He could block a little better, Some, right? Someone, yeah. That guy was just Getting pushed. Oh, that guy was in way over his head. Was it was it similar to Joey Hunt? Was it Joey Hunt last yeah, year? He was the center. He got a little, pushed little, around. Little Joey, we call him. Yeah, he yeah. got pushed around. It reminded yeah. me of that. He did okay, as, as it turned out. This guy was on skates. I mean, he was getting blown up, the poor Boy. guy. Boy, yeah. that's not good. That's six. Seven. Okay. 
going back to number one, do you remember what number one was, which is who's at fault in the passing game? Why are they getting bottled up? Is the, are the receivers not getting open? Is Russell Wilson not seeing them? Is the offensive line, because we, I think we agree that most of the sacks and hits are coming because he's holding the ball, not finding any receivers. Okay. A, a, a first cousin of that is number six on my list. A first cousin. All right. And that is, I have felt this way for years. I'm going to bring it back up again on this podcast. I've said it for years, going back to the radio show. I don't think that the Seahawks roll Russell Wilson out on design pass plays, rollouts, moving the pocket enough. They don't do it enough. He's inc- Go back and look at his numbers. Do a statistical analysis of his passer rating when he's designed rolling out and throwing on the run and having being able to make decisions. They don't do that enough. And I, I think that Sunday's game was a perfect example of that. It's possible, we've been talking about this since he came into the league, that he's missing some receivers because he's small on the smaller side, height-wise, and maybe he doesn't see every once in a while, maybe he misses a receiver. They, when they get into situations where they're coming back late in games on those final drive, the final drive, they do the same thing on every play. He just takes a five- or seven-step drop, and he stands there in the middle, uh. and he waits, and he looks, and then he runs around, and he tries to dodge the first guy, right? You know what oh, I'm talking about. You know, and, yeah. and it's the same thing every – and you've got a fourth string right tackle in there. Yeah. And he can see better when he's on the run. Why is it there seems to be some sort of a rule with the Seahawks offensive game plan that when they get in desperate situation where they're in the hurry up, they're not allowed to run a play. That's it's almost like the NFL says, Oh, in a hurry up offense, you're not allowed to roll out your quarterback. Huh. Like a design yeah. where where he where they move the pocket, the offensive linemen all kind of swing to the right. You know what I'm talking sure, about? Yeah. 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 What well, they never Late in games, they when they're trying to catch up, they never do that. They just put him like a plot, a potted plant back there, in the middle on five or seven step drops, and then he waits for them to come in, and then he dodges the first guy and he tries to make a play. Right? Yep. Why don't they move him around a little bit more? Move him around. He is great in that situation. No, he is. You're right. And maybe, they don't. Maybe they go away from it. Is it a is it a time thing? Well, that play takes too long to maybe, develop. And, maybe, yeah. but it's more improvisational, which makes him great. It's more sandlotty. For sure. It's more. It's more. You know, at the park, which makes him great. It gets him away from big offensive and defensive linemen a little bit. He can see a little better. It lets the receivers kind of do some improvisational things. I, I don't understand. I just don't. I, I'm saying I'm, I'm sounding like a you know a, a broken record. Yep. Why late in games when they're catching up, he has to stand in the middle of the pocket the whole time. I don't get it. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. I don't That's know. It. I don't know. I'm say. Um, I got, I got three more quick ones. Okay. Um, number seven is, I guess I had nine. Number seven is, I believe that the Seahawks have themselves. They're not really admitting it, but they have themselves what I'll call as a Chris Carson dilemma. And this has nothing to do with him being a free agent at the end of the year. Okay. So stop That's what that. I thought. No. No, no, no. Okay. I think they're having a Chris Carson dilemma. To me, it's as, as obvious as the nose on my face, which is pretty obvious, Ooh. that they've got a Chris Carson dilemma. Okay. Chris Carson is the best by far running back on their team. When they give him the ball on yes. Sunday, he averaged five yards a carry. Yep. When they gave him the ball the previous week in Philadelphia, he averaged, I think, six yards a carry. All right? Yep. And when the other guys get the ball, they do nothing. God love Carlos Hyde. He's just a guy. They're not Chris okay. Carson. No. Correct. When Chris Carson carries the ball in the running game, things happen. When he's in the game, things happen. I know he dropped a couple passes. One ball ended up in an interception, but he also made a great catch for a touchdown way down the field. The only touchdown of the game. Okay. 
When Chris Carson is in the game, they are better, and they know it. But they are trying to, it's clear to me, and anybody who's watching, they're trying to play him, but not play him. They're trying to sit him and hold him out and keep him healthy, and I get it. They don't want to go to the postseason for like a third year in a row without Chris Carson. Yeah. And last year they had, you remember, he got hurt in the uh, the Cardinals game and never came back yeah. and what have you. You had to get Marshawn Lynch. So they're they're kind of they're kind of trying to I don't know what the expression is. They're trying to use him just enough that it's that they win. Yeah, that he's a but I get him out of there. Yeah. Because he's missing series after series after series. They're taking him. Out. It's almost like they don't want him to play back to back series. I don't have that statistically in front of me, but I bet you if you go back and look that he didn't play two consecutive series in any part of the game on Sunday. And yet, he gives them much better chance to win. So they are trying to figure out, what are we doing here? Are we running Chris Carson and winning games with his punishing style and and feeding the monster and making it, you know, he's better as the game goes on and defenses don't want to tackle him as the game goes on? Or are we not? Are we kind of playing him and we're kind of waiting and holding him out until playoff time? Pete would say, no limitations on Chris Carson because he gets asked. Hey, are you, oh, he, he didn't say that after the game the other night. He said it um, when Chris's first game back. Yeah, but um, uh, after the um, after the game the other day against the Giants, he he hinted that he's still not all the way back. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Before that, it was no. I heard no limitations. Oh, you heard no limitations. Right. But maybe maybe. Oh. So, I I, but I'm wondering either he's healthy or he's not. Either we can use him or we can't. I'm with you. Like this is our guy. I mean, did Emmett Smith ever take a series or two off in his prime? Like, yeah, I'm sure he took a series or two, but not not every other series. Right. But I mean, when you have a, a, a star, would you think Chris Carson's a star tailback? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Okay. Can we use he's him? Vital to of this team. Uh, of he's course. vital to this team. He had 100 yards total offense. He had the only touchdown on a reception, and he had 50 yards. I mean, yeah, and he, he averaged vital. five yards a carry. That's right. Five yards a carry, and you can't get it but, more. But, but they're only giving him 13 carries, and yeah. he's the type of guy that on his 20th and 21st and 22nd carry, he's better because nobody wants to deal with him. No defenses want to deal of course, with. Of course, they're you all tired. De- you don't want to deal with Chris Carson in the right. fourth quarter of a game. But they're not getting to that point because I think they're afraid that either he's not 100% healthy or we want to put him in bubble wrap so we have him for the. I mean, I, I, they got to figure it out. They got to figure the Chris Carson thing out. And his running That's style, his running style doesn't help them yeah. make a decision because he runs so damn hard so and damn he gets hard. hurt all the time. He does. That that, that he doesn't does. help. Right. Yeah. Number eight is they miss the crowd. Yeah. This is the first time I've said that all year, by the way, I think. Huh. I don't think you'll find a previous podcast with you that I said they missed the crowd. They obviously missed the crowd on every home game. Yeah. I think in this game in particular, it's a blowout if the crowd's there. And the reason I say that is I think the defense played well enough in the early stages of that game that the crowd would have been in a frenzy. Yeah. With the sacks and the hits, and they were playing, as I just showed you, they were playing great against the run. 3.1 yards a carry, the first 16 carries of the game for the Giants. They do, they were doing nothing. And you know, the, 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 the 12th man really gets loud when the defense plays well. More than when you score. T- I mean, oh, yeah, we, no they get loud yeah, yeah. when the, you score touchdowns, but then it goes away. When your team has got some momentum defensively like they had in the first half of that game, coming out of the Eagles game, I think that the, the crowd would have been a tangible force in that game. I think they missed it more on Sunday than they've missed it all year. How do crowds like blocked punts? They go crazy for those? I he mean, still they, would have not made the, the recovery. <laughs> Forget that part. The crowd would have gone crazy. Oh, a safety. Nuts. Oh, nuts. Just, it's just, they love chaos. Oh, nuts. nuts. Blocking the punt. The Watching ball's it on around. TV, the, the cameras oh. would have, sh- yep. you know, shake. They would have loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely missing the crowd. No question. And number nine, real quickly, I'm still going to Taco Time on Tuesday. 
Well, that's, I'm happy. It's, you said it's that. the first time. It's the first game in a while that they haven't had a running touch, a rushing touchdown. I was and there so, Saturday night, as a matter of fact. But you didn't get a free taco. I did. It's only on Tuesday. But I go all the time anyway, just like you. Okay. I, I still love it. Okay. The, the 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 fish taco. I've never had the fish taco. I, I Should I have it this week? It's I can't. I'm like hooked. Like really? I'm, I'm thinking about is maybe it a cri- it. is it a crisp or is it a um, no? It's it's it, it's soft. It looks it's like the size of a, the burrito. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's the soft taco. Yeah, I yeah. get the soft taco. I just get a chicken and I get yeah, a little. Like I get a, I get a, ranch, get a little ranch, ranch in there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I try to have the guy say "Go Hawks" in the speaker. He doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he doesn't like it. He's all business. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Go Hawks. You have anything else you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say it. I, I film it and I put it on Twitter. Hey, can I get a Go Hawks? Go Hawks, can I get you anything else? <laughs> yes, real, real fan, huh? Yeah. He doesn't, he's just, you know, I'm probably a fan. Yeah. But uh, I'm going on Tuesday without okay. my free taco. There's no free Good. taco because there's no, there's no rushing touchdown. But I'm going to taco time on Tuesday because I go to taco time on Tuesday, every Tuesday during the NFL season. So the fact that's, that my, that's Carson, my number nine. The fact that he ran across the end zone with the ball, we should get like a half a taco. I mean, it still felt like Chris Carson scoring a rushing touchdown in a way. Beautiful play. Sure was. Great play by Russell. Good throw. Where where did he throw that ball from? Uh, he rolled out to his left, huh? I want to he say. He did what to his left? Yeah, he rolled out. Yeah. Yeah. Although that wasn't a design rollout. That was him improvising, but you get the you get the He's so good on the edges. And I'm talking throwing. He's so good. Left or right, he is so good on the edges and it's as if they're not allowed to call those plays after like the second quarter. They use them in the first and second, but then as the game goes on, it's like Schottenheimer turns the page in his script and and and, and he's got no more rollouts yeah. left. Yeah. He should roll out, man. Roll that guy out. Yeah. Roll him out. And I'm, I'm ready to uh, do away with the, the read option with him because he never keeps it. He rarely keeps it. It doesn't work. Do they even use it anymore? Oh, they used it. In fact, they used was, it against the Eagles, and that was a real that was a real winner. Well, there was a play where it was third and two. They handed it to Carson. I think he took a two-yard loss. Yeah. That was a read option, and yeah. it was dead on the left. There was no one on the left side, and he still gave it to Carson. Uh, it, if he's not going to keep it, it's not an option. No one thinks it's an option. I'm ready to do away with the read option. Unless you want to let him keep it, then we can keep it in. But he never keeps it. It's torture. Do we even need it? Like, I, you know. I don't think they run it much anymore. Well, that one stood out to me. Okay. Where they ran it okay. and they handed it to Chris. And now, he's not a running quarterback anymore. Not anymore, he isn't. So yeah. But he is great running when he's supposed to be throwing. You know, the yeah. scramble up the middle. The scramble up the middle. He was their leading rusher again, at least in yards per carry. Because of that one at the end of the half that you were talking about. Yeah. Where he, it didn't matter anything. Uh, okay, uh, can we do three interviews and then do other stuff? I'm ready. Okay. Lindsay Schwartz, the CEO of Daniel's Broiler, is again with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Lindsay, tell us about your decision to keep the three restaurants open this time around amidst the COVID restrictions. Yeah, you know, it was a pretty easy decision. The main focus for us was to keep as many of our team members employed as possible. Just the thought of laying people off around the holidays is is very difficult. And so we decided to, to give it our best shot to stay open for takeout, for delivery, for outdoor dining, and uh, to keep as many jobs as possible. And uh, we've had good support from the community so far, so we're grateful for that. And when you say outdoor dining... You're talking about outside seating, heated at Les Shy, some other opportunities at the other restaurants, and pickup and delivery service from all three locations. Yeah, that's right. Pickup delivery from all three. Daniel's Les Shy, we actually installed a tent 
to cover the deck, and, and so that's, that's probably the best option for outdoor dining. But at our Lake Union and Bellevue locations, we have awnings and heaters. Those are good options if it's not raining sideways. What's the best way to have Daniels delivered? The easiest way for sure is to go to our website, danielsbroiler.com, and there's a link right at the top that says delivery. Click on that, and you can use that either for delivery or takeout. And because of your Thanksgiving success, and you can talk a little bit about that success uh, with your takeout at uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, you're going to do something similar this year? Yeah. First of all, we were just blown away by the support from the community on Thanksgiving. We did over a thousand dinners uh, to go for takeout on Thanksgiving between the three locations, which is far and away the most we've ever done. And uh, and so based on that, we're going to do similar, some holiday themed three course dinners on both Christmas Eve and on New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve is going to feature prime rib, king salmon, uh, eight ounce filet or roasted ham. And then New Year's Eve is going to feature a surf and turf steak and lobster combo. So we're excited for those menus, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Daniels has been a pillar of the community for 40 years. Let's support this loyal partner of Mitch Unfiltered, Daniels Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered. Pressure coming. First and goal, Giants. Chance to take the lead. Alfred Morris punches it home, and New York is on top. A wide-open Alfred Morris with the catch and the score. Wilson spinning it to Carson. What a throw and a touchdown for the Seahawks. Four-man rush. Wilson for the bye time. He's done this so much in his career. He's going to launch it up there. Metcalf is down there. Tipped alive and incomplete. Giants take over with 37 seconds remaining. They played really, really tough and gave us a hard time all day long. We, we had trouble scoring, moving the football, and we were giving them trouble scoring, moving the football as well. It's just an uncharacteristic type of feeling that we, you know, we're, you know, we're not putting any points on the board. Um, offensively, we just. We, we had trouble all day long, and uh, give them credit. They've been playing really good ball, um, but um, um, I need to look at the film and see what the heck happened and why it was like that. A despondent Brady Henderson is now with us here on episode 120, brought to you by Taco Time. Win or lose, I spend every Tuesday lunchtime during the football season at Taco Time. Two crisp tacos, a chicken soft, and a medium Diet Coke is my order, by the way. Why is Brady despondent? Not because he's a fan. But because a few weeks ago on the Seahawks no table, he and Joe Fan bet a year's salary that the Hawks would win all four games against the Eagles, Giants, Jets, and Washington. Sorry, Brady. Now you know why I asked these questions. Yeah, that was a gun-to-the-head situation where we didn't really have a choice. It was either they, they win their next four games or they lose one of them. And uh, maybe you can help me out. I've uh, Now that I've lost to your salary, I'd like to sell some stuff. I've got some <laughs> lightly used PXG irons along with a brand-new Callaway Rogue driver if anybody is in the market. <laughs> the headline on this game, Brady, is what the Giants' defense was able to do against the Russell Wilson-led Seahawks pass game. And the pressure that he was getting was not right away. So 
we can conclude one of two things or a combination of two things were happening. Either he was missing open receivers at times or receivers were having trouble getting open or a combination of both. How do you see it? What were the explanations after the game on Sunday? I think it was a combination of both. And when he did have some open receivers, they dropped the ball Four uh, drops in this game, which tied their season high. That was the official total from our stats department. And yeah, just a day where nothing really went right for them on offense. And you know, Russell took five sacks in this game, and a lot of times there's a distinction between a sack that was the product of, you know, a quarterback just not having a chance with the pass protection jail breaking break. down right away. A yeah, jail, jail break. break. Yep. This was not, I don't know if all of them, if you could say that this was the case on all of them, but certainly most of those, that was not the case. This was a matter of Russell Wilson holding on to the ball, not finding an open receiver. And I think it was a mix there of, there were times there where he had open receivers, he didn't see them. And I think there were also times where the Giants just did a really nice job of, of covering them up and there really weren't that many options. And we asked Russell about this post game, and, and he talked about this, the balancing act that, that he has to, to find there between, you know, he holding on to the ball too long and trying to make a play and he said he doesn't want to he wants to eliminate the sacks obviously but he doesn't want to eliminate the opportunities for big plays and he mentioned as one example you know that touchdown that they had to DK Metcalf on I think it was the first drive of that Arizona game a couple weeks ago that was a play where he scrambled held onto the ball for for quite a while and, and found DK Metcalf for a touchdown and maybe that was a play that uh, is kind of the counterpoint to this but I still think that he, he needs to have in situations like what you saw in this game, he's got to have a better awareness. And don't ask me how you find that. That's why he gets paid $35 million a year. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's got to have a better awareness of where that pressure is because some of those sacks, it wasn't just like you lose the play there, you lose the down. You lose a lot of yardage on some of those players, 15-yard, 10-yard sacks where uh, it really sets the offense back. If Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator, asked me during the week if I had any words of wisdom. By the way, what do you think the chances are that Brian Schottenheimer will call me this week and ask me for my, my pearls of wisdom? I have an answer. I have some help for him. He might call you for uh, playoff scenarios, but probably <laughs> not for any offensive advice. Good answer. Very, very good answer. I said to Hotshot in the first segment, and I wonder if you agree or disagree. It seems to me that they go away as the game goes on from the designed rollouts and moving the pocket. Early in games, first quarter, second quarter, they, they do some stuff. They do some play action. He rolls out. It's all a design. He makes great plays both going to his right and going to his left. It feels to me, Brady... Like, especially when they get behind and they need to score and they're in the hurry-up offense, every single play is five or seven-step drop, stand there. If somebody breaks through, he tries to make a move and get away and make a play. There are, there are no calls late in games where they move the pocket and roll him to his right or his left by design. You agree or disagree with that? I would have to go back and watch, but I, I could see that, yeah. And you know, they did have one of those one of those design rollouts. It was in the third quarter. It was and it was on that you know fourth and one play where instead of handing the ball to Chris Carson, they get Russell Wilson uh, moving to his left and nothing. You know, he's got nothing there, and he ends up throwing incomplete to, to Carson. And a lot of people have took issue with that play call. And I sort of understand that because if you're going to have Russell roll out with the idea that he, he's got an option to run or throw, maybe you have him roll out to his right side so he's not throwing it back across his body. But in that situation, I mean, what do you hear all the time when a team uh, goes for it on fourth down or third and short and they get and they run the ball and they get stuffed? And, and the reaction from a lot of fans is, 
you know, you'd rather see him give, you know, have Russell Wilson roll out and have him uh, have the option of running or throwing. Well, that that was that was what they had on that play, and so I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I could yeah. see that. I can see that being an issue, but they had that play. But they Brady, had that scenario. But there. Brady, that, the debate there is: do we run or do we throw on fourth and one? What I'm talking about, maybe I'm not articulating it well enough. I'm talking about when they're in this, we're throwing on every down mode. Those, mm-hmm. those final couple of drives where they're throwing just about on every down because they're in catch-up mode, they're not moving him around by design. They're just every single drop-back pass, if you go back and you look at those final two drives, one of which they scored, one of which they didn't, every single one of them, he's just a straight drop-back, five or seven steps, setting up the throw. There's no design rollouts in those types of situations to move the pocket. Yeah, and, and when they're in those situations, I believe Russell has a lot of latitude to, to call those plays. And I, So I don't know if that's an issue with he's not calling those or maybe they're not setting him up with you know, some sort of collection of plays that he has the freedom to run in those situations. But I do think that if that's the case, then then maybe some of that is on you know Russell not, not okay, calling okay. those plays that would okay. get him out. Brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. He's Brady Henderson, the ESPN Seahawks insider. Brady, you seem to be angling with your questions in the postgame. I saw a few of them to, to different people from the Seahawks at, were you guys up? Were you emotionally ready for this game? Did you get the answer you were looking for? Well, I wasn't really looking for a specific answer either way. I was just wondering if that was the case because when a team loses to a 4-7 and seven team, with a backup quarterback and Colt McCoy, you know, not having uh, its best offensive player and Saquon Barkley, then I think that's a natural thing to wonder is, is were the Seahawks up for this game? And I remember getting questions leading up to the game about, you know, is this a potential trap game? And my, you know, I kind of dismissed that idea just because you don't see the Seahawks really fall victim to that. I, I can't really think of many times, if any, that that's happened. And so um, I didn't really think that that would, would be an issue. And then, but the way that they lost, you know, the manner that they lost this game and to the opponent that they lost it to yeah it made me wonder if 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 the preparation was not what it should have been if the energy level uh the focus was not what it should have been carol dismissed that idea and said that that was not a problem said it was more a matter of execution jamal adams when i asked him that question he he really gave it some thought and said that he really seemed to to wonder if maybe there was something to that Mm. Everybody, when they're not discussing what the Giants' defense did to Russell Wilson's pass game, will be discussing on sports radio stations and everywhere around town this week what the Giants' run game did to the Seahawks' run defense with with guys that we've never even heard of as running backs because Saquon Barkley was obviously out. I want to point out that there was one play that really changed the whole outlook of the game. The Seahawks were winning. I think it was was 5-0 at the time when – when the guy broke off the 60-yard run. You remember that play? Yep. I, I want to point out to people that the narrative that the Giants ran the ball at the Seahawks all game long and the Seahawks couldn't handle the running game is just factually incorrect because I'll give you this stat, Brady. Okay. The Giants, I believe, ran the ball 31 times over the course of the game. That 60-yard play was the 17th running play of the game in the third quarter. They had run it 16 times previous to that for a grand total of 50 yards. The Seahawks had shut down the Giants' run game to a 3.1-yard-a-carry average 
in the first 16 plays, 16 running plays, and two and a half quarters. Then, after that 60-yard run, the next 15 plays of rushing yards, 140 yards, a nine yards per carry clip. So something happened on that play to springboard the Giants into the game, springboard the Giants, catapult the Giants' running game into uh, fruition. So I know they were talked about it. I know that Art Teal asked Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams kind of fell on the sword. Anybody have any answers on what happened on that long play? Well, Jamal Adams, he, he was he was the guy who made the tackle, I believe, and he came from the backside. So I, I don't think he was I don't think he was falling on the sword on that play. I think he 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 made a, saved a touchdown there along with Jordan Brooks. But it is really hard. I, I think Carroll said that on maybe it was that long play, said that they were in in a blitz there and that they they really caught him maybe right where you know that defender had vacated his area and so they they were caught in a vulnerable position there, but. Whatever the reason was, it, it is striking to see that. I mean, that play basically opened the floodgates for the Giants' right. running game. Right. The next play, 13 yards, and then the play after that was the Alfred Morris four-yard touchdown. The next drive, I mean, it's, it wasn't even like later in the game. It was the very next drive. Wayne Gallman Jr., who I had honestly never heard of until this game, 13 yards, 23 yards, uh, and then Alfred Morris uh, goes for three yards and then uh, catches the pass for the six-yard touchdown. So it, it was it was amazing how quickly it happened and it turned right on that 60-yard run on that play the whole game changed on that play Brady Anderson is with us Uh, the positive side I guess there is some positives that come out of these games and you called it we'll get there in a second you called this the most disappointing result of the Pete Carroll era we'll get there in a moment Jordan Brooks the rookie a lot of people like me Wondered whether this was the right pick. He's really been coming on as of late, getting comfortable in that defense. 11 tackles, I think, on Sunday, Brady. Yep, 11 tackles to tie for the team lead. It, it looked to me on, at first glance that he had a chance for an interception early in that game. And just the, when you watch him, his speed really jumps out. And that was a big reason why they drafted him. We all saw just how slow that defense looked last season. Uh, and so that was a big reason why they why they took him in the first round over another linebacker and Patrick Queen, who a lot of people, uh, most if not all draft analysts, had rated higher than Jordan Brooks. And uh, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that every NFL team saw it that way, but certainly most draft analysts saw it that way. And um, that's going to be one of those fascinating, you know, comparisons for years to come, just because those guys were, were taking one pick right after each other. And Brooks is, it kind of started slow, you know, wasn't a starter early in the season. Then he enters the starting lineup and hurts his knee in his first game and has to miss some time. But he's really started to come on and, and you can really feel his speed, uh, which again was one of the big reasons the Seahawks drafted him. Give the Seahawks fans some reason for optimism in terms of injuries. They were down to their fourth left tackle, uh, right tackle, and boy, did that guy struggle in his limited amount of snaps out there on Sunday. What are they going to do at right tackle or maybe doesn't it matter against a winless Jets team? Yeah, I think it matters, and we'll see what happens with Brandon Shell. And the word from Pete Carroll on Friday was that he seemed to turn a corner with the high ankle sprain that had kept him out of the Philadelphia game uh, last Monday. So, obviously, wasn't good enough to play in this game, but maybe uh, he has a chance now that he seems to be uh, doing better in his recovery from that injury. And then Cedric Oboy, he was kind of an interesting one because – 
Carroll said that he was going to start at, for Shell at right tackle, assuming he can play. And apparently he something came up with him injury-wise. He tweaked something in practice, I think, in, in their walkthrough, which you really don't hear about guys getting injured in a walkthrough all that often. But that's what happened. He couldn't play. So they're down to their third-string tackle and right tackle and Jamarco Jones. He leaves in the second half uh, with a groin injury. We don't know uh, the severity of that, but obviously it was severe enough to keep him out for the rest of the game. And so all of a sudden, you're down to your fourth-string right tackle. So wow. not an ideal situation. Wow, wow, wow. Let's hope for some better news next week on the injury front. Anybody else get hurt over the course of the game on Sunday? Yeah, Ryan Neal left the game uh, in the second half with what was called a hip injury, and uh, he, of course, had a pretty nice game in, in the first half. He was in coverage and defended the pass that ended up uh, going through Evan Ingram's hands and right to Quandre Diggs for that interception. And he also blocked that punt, uh, which was another pivotal play in that game because DJ Dallas had a, a pretty good opportunity to fall on that ball in the end zone for what would have been a touchdown. Instead, he kind of fumbles it, and then by the time Penny Hart got to it, he was out of bounds, couldn't recover it inbounds. Uh, so that goes for a safety instead of a touchdown. And another big play there, but should have been a bigger one. You said to me before we started to record that you think this is the most disappointing result in the Pete Carroll era. Explain. Yeah, disappointing. Not, not Certainly not their most lopsided loss by any stretch and not their ugliest loss. I think that 6-3 to the Browns in 2011 with Charlie Whitehurst, that's going to be tough to top for a long time. But this was the most disappointing loss of the Pete Carroll era. And Mitch, you know me, I'm, I'm not one for hot takes. I'm, I'm more likely to, uh, you know, kind of go back and forth or try to hedge. But I, 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 don't, I cannot think of a, of a more disappointing loss of the Pete Carroll era in terms of a game where you should win every time. This was a 4-7 and seven Giants team, again, without its starting quarterback, playing a backup in Colt McCoy, who had not won a start since 2014, leading an offense without its best player in Saquon Barkley. And this is a road game for them. And I know home field advantage isn't what it normally is when you don't have fans in the stands, but this is still a cross-country trip for the Giants. And still a game that the Seahawks should win 10 times out of 10. So it's disappointing from the should have won it aspect. It's also disappointing from the the standpoint of this was an opportunity for them to, to make hay. You know, this supposedly the softest part of their schedule, four games against teams under 500. So a golden opportunity for the Seahawks to gain some ground to, to gain a little bit of, uh, you know, pad their lead in the NFC West over the Rams until they meet again uh, in week 16. And so not only do the Seahawks lay this inexplicable egg, but it happens on the same day that the Rams beat the Cardinals. Uh, so the Rams and the Seahawks are now eight and four. But of course, the Rams have the head to head win over the Seahawks already. Sounds like, you know, Mr. Playoffs. In fact, Mr. Playoffs called me and told me that this result on Sunday, the Giants beating the Seahawks, makes the the rematch a distinct possibility because it drops the Seahawks to five. It puts the Giants in control of the four seed, the winner of the NFC East. There's a lot of Seahawks fans that would rather see that game in New York or New Jersey than they'd like to see, let's say, a Cardinals team here with no fans in the first round of the playoffs. You want that if you're a Seahawks fan? You want the rematch with their starting quarterback, presumably in the mix? Or do you, do, you, do you hesitate to, to want to see the Giants and Seahawks all over again? If the question is, would, would, the C, would I think the Seahawks have a better chance of beating the Giants on the road as a five seed versus a four versus the, Giant, versus the Seahawks beating Arizona? 
Yeah, I, I would take I would take that Giants game. I know they beat Arizona and, and had their best defensive performance of the season a couple weeks ago, uh, but that's still a much better team, a much better quarterback, no matter who is under center for the Giants. And so it's an interesting debate, though, because if the Seahawks, you know, the alternative there is ending up with the number two seed, normally you would take that because that would mean a first round bye, but the first round buy only goes to the number one seed. And it right. may not, as, as you reminded me before we started talking, the first round, the number one seed may not even get that first round Correct. buy this year. So Correct. yeah, that's an interesting one. I would probably take the giants though. Okay. Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter all week long, every day with the Seahawks has all the inside scoop. And then he's back with us on the Seahawks. No table when he and Joe fan will be without a year's salary for picking the Seahawks to win all four games against those teams. Brady, thank you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you on the note table for the patrons. All right. Sounds good, Mitch. Thanks. Yep. A nightmare for the Seahawks on Sunday, 17 to 12. None of us saw it coming. The NFC East leading New York Giants come in here and do a number on the Seahawks to drop them to eight and four out of first place by virtue of the tiebreaker in the NFC West down to the five seed. Although there's a lot of people that like the five seed, even more than the two seed. So we'll see what happens with the Jets, Washington, and then the final two against the Rams and the 49ers. Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered, a great partner. And still, Jordan, an incredible time to look at purchasing, look at refinancing, because the numbers remain so low and it looks like they're going to remain low for a long time. Yeah, it's great to be back on, Mitch. Thanks for having me back. Rates are incredibly low still for purchases and refis. They're still in the high twos right now with everything going on, and they're going to be staying low for uh, the foreseeable future. So what's the rule of thumb? You've got a listener here listening to Jordan Flowers, hearing Jordan Flowers from time to time on the podcast and wondering if it's best to pick up the phone and call him or some other mortgage person. What numbers do they need to see on their 30-year fix that would encourage them to at least consider a refinance? Yeah, I'd say still looking at 3.25, 3.375 or above is uh, at least warrants a phone call, depending on how long you've been in that mortgage. Maybe we can cut off five to seven years or just lower the interest rate with the same payoff term or look at other options as far as a new 30-year fix or pulling cash out to do some uh, home renovations or take care of some things you've been thinking about needing to do. So anything that's about three and a quarter, three, three, seven, five or higher. I think the common misconception uh, in the business is, oh, I've got to start all over. The clock goes back to zero and 30 years starts all over. That's not necessarily the case. There are a million ways to do this, including a common one, which keeps you right where you are in your mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a common thought. And a lot of companies do just have kind of your standard 20 or 30 or 15 year options. Uh, we do kind of customize that 30 year option where we can set it to any term of months, however far into your payment you are, we can set it at 21 and a half months, 22 months, 27 months, or 27 years, whatever they're needing, we can look at. So I want to go about the business of checking into this. How long is the phone call with you and what kind of information do I need to have ready that you're going to ask me about? Yeah, if you call in, it's probably five to seven minutes. If you've got your mortgage statement, most recent statement available, that has all the information on it for us to run some quick numbers and see if it makes sense to move forward and get a little more detail than application in. And the phone number I call? Cell phone's 425-890-2957. Office line is 
888-729-3145. An opportunity for a lot of us to save a lot of money every single month with a five to seven minute phone call. He has compiled a great team, Jordan Flowers has. It's the Kirkland office of Gil Mortgage. I am going to take the dogs, and I'm not doing this just because we're uh, your, your, your podcast emanates from the great Puget Sound. And Morley leading for Jones, leaps his way in. Two drives, two touchdowns, and a big lead for Stanford out of the gate. Play action for the first time, and it's wide open to the corner. Scooter Harrington, touchdown Stanford. On second and goal, Sean McGrew slips the first man, fights for the goal line, and gets in. What a performance by the Cardinal coming on the road in a week like no other for their program. And they're going to take down 22nd ring and unbeaten Washington. If you want just a sprinkle of nuts. Sure, why not? Why not? Take the Aggies, take the Aggies over Auburn. Pretty much eye formation from Texas A&M. Spiller leading the way, and Aya Smith has the touchdown. It's Rick Neuheisel time, episode 120. It's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. I'll be ordering ahead on Tuesday, the app, and my meal will be waiting for my arrival just inside the front door. Not only Rick Neuheisel was the dog Stanford game a disappointment for all the members or many of the members of our audience, but we got the double whammy because it was the Sunday, Rick. Ah, oh, horrible. <laughs> horrible that I would do that to the fine people of Seattle. It's just not right. Uh, I've got to get myself together, Mitch. You're not supposed to be three touchdowns down to a team that you're 11 or 12-point favorites that you're considered the, the, the superior team on the field. What happened? The problem is they got so many pats on the back for coming from behind three touchdowns the week before. <laughs> they said, let's do it again. That was a lot of fun. Oh. All that backslapping that we received, even though oh. it was socially distant backslapping. <laughs> Let's try that again. And you know what? It looked as if they were on course to do it. But unfortunately, Stanford had other plans. And the good news for Washington, it doesn't derail their chances to to get to the championship game. But it is a wake-up call, and they're going to have to play much better in the first half. What the heck? Oregon lost to Cal, so had they won the game... As an 11-point favorite, the North would be over right now, right? The the Oregon-Washington... No, because remember, Oregon had lost to Oregon State. Oregon would have had two losses going into the Oregon-Washington game. And Washington would have zero losses. Yes, 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 no question. Had or had Washington figured out a way That's what I mean. to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. keep to keep it from happening, they could have clinched it this oh last God, weekend. Gosh. Yes, well, you and I are on now are on the same page. <laughs> so now they're going to play. It's going to be Washington and Oregon at Autzen Stadium. We think if they'll play the game, we hope they'll play the game for the right to go to the Pac-12 championship game. I don't even know the rules in this crazy year. Does the Pac-12 champion go to the Rose Bowl? Does they do they go somewhere else? How does it work? Where the, the Pac-12, likelihood yeah. is they'll go to the Fiesta Bowl, the oh. Pac-12 champion. Oh, the Rose Bowl is designated this year, along with the Sugar Bowl, to be playoff spots. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And it looks as if the uh, Pac-12 is outside looking in. Does it matter the quality of the Pac-12 champion? As to whether they go to the Fiesta, does the Fiesta Bowl have to take the Pac-12 champion no matter who it is or what the quality of the team is? 
They don't have to, but I think that's the uh, that's the modus operandi, at least as it has been in the first six years of the college football playoff. Okay. If you're not able to, as a Pac-12 champion, play in the Rose Bowl because it's a playoff spot, then you go to the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. You missed the Sunday, which was Washington-Stanford. The cherry got called off, and I think it's a good thing for you that it did because I don't know that Liberty was beating Coastal Carolina if BYU wasn't beating Coastal Carolina. So the cherry got called off, but you did win the nuts. You did win the nuts. You had Texas A&M. Leave it to me yeah. <laughs> to always take care of the nuts. <laughs> oh. the, the back door was open for Auburn to come back and, and, and take care of business in the, on the betting side against Texas A&M, but they didn't do it. So they you, did not. So the Aggies uh, are right there sitting. If you were Lafitte Pinkai. You, you were sitting just riding that, that beautiful thoroughbred. You're just sitting off the lead, and you're just waiting, just showing the, the whip to the, the beautiful thoroughbred's eyes, but not necessarily having to hit him yet. Yeah. You just are just alerting him that it's almost time to go. And we'll wait and see if A&M gets their game against Ole Miss this week. The race for number four, I guess I'll skip ahead to that. I was going to come back to that, but since we're on the, the topic of Texas A&M, Ohio State, A&M, and Florida, I'm assuming you're going to tell me those are the three combatants for the fourth spot. I feel like the, the nation is just assuming that Notre, Notre Dame is going to be in the field of Final Four no matter the result. against What happens if they get manhandled by Clemson? in the ACC championship game? It's an interesting, it's an interesting question. I don't think given the way that Notre Dame plays, they'll get manhandled. They may lose. As a matter of fact, I think they'll probably be underdogs uh, to Clemson, but I don't think they'll lose by 59 to nothing going back to Ohio state, jumping from six to, to the four spot in 2014. I don't think that will happen. So I do think Notre Dame's comfortable. The question is, how comfortable is Clemson if Notre Dame can take them again? They, they look like they'd be moving outside and giving an opportunity to Texas A&M. And the other team that's got an opportunity from outside looking in is Florida to get Alabama. But if they got Alabama, then Alabama probably stays in the four and that moves out in Ohio State. The question right now is what's going to happen in the Big Ten if Michigan can't play this week? And right now it looks doubtful. You know, they've had to stop all their activity for COVID reasons in Ann Arbor. If Ohio State cannot, and they're, by the way, Mitch, 30-point underdog, 30-point oh favorite, 30-point favorite oh right now, Ohio God. State over Michigan. Bo Schembechler is spinning is, in his grave. Yes. Can you imagine oh Bo right God. now? Oh. Woody is just, just pointing <laughs> at him going, I told you. I told you this is the way it should have been. But if, in fact, they don't get to play, what does Kevin Warren, in the nightmare of nightmare first year's roles as a commissioner, what does he do? Does he change the rules, as Barry Alvarez has told him to, change the rules and say, hey, find another game for Ohio State, make sure Ohio State gets to play in a championship game despite the fact they haven't had the six games, change the rules because we made the rules. That is the question. Given what John Swafford did in the ACC the week before by canceling the Wake Forest Notre Dame game and not even putting on the schedule the the Florida State Clemson game just saying for the integrity of the of the ACC championship we're going to give these two teams a week off does the 
Big Ten follows suit and do the same for Ohio State. That's what's in the offing this week. You wiggled away from the question, though. Because you, That's what I do. Because, because you, <laughs> you dismissed it out of hand that Clemson could blow out Notre Dame. So I'm going to re – I'm pulling you back in because I believe, having watched – You think they're going to blow them out? No, I think there's a chance. I think there's a what, chance – What you call blowout, do you call it 59 nothing like no, Ohio no, no, State no, no, over no, no, Wisconsin? No, no, no. What I, are you calling? I think that Notre Dame, if placed in a three-touchdown deficit in the second half where they got to open it up and just throw the ball every down – I think it could get away from. Them. I think I I don't think it will, but I think there's a chance. Now let's say let's say Clemson wins the game, 35-10. I think Notre Dame still gets in. Okay, that's all that's, I was asking. That's, okay, that's my answer. Okay. I think I I don't see that as a fifty-nine to nothing type okay. of thing that that launched. Ohio State over TCU. By the way, TCU number four in 2014 in the final weekend, not playing in a playoff game, in a championship game, played Iowa State and won 52 to three and still got bypassed by Ohio State. Notre Dame gets in with anything less than 59 nothing. That's, yes. that's where we're leaving. It. That's, that's my and, take on it. And, yes. we ha- and we haven't even pointed out that Notre Dame had to struggle mightily with that game team from upstate New York who made made <laughs> it an easy cover in Vegas. The and alma mater of one <laughs> famous Mitch Levy. Listen, uh, Syracuse was outstanding in that game. <laughs> we'll take it. All of us that put a, a friendly wager on our alma mater, we'll take, we'll take the money and we're not giving it back. Now listen, I, I want to continue our college football chatter and the fun that we have for college football, but I'm wondering what Rick Neuheisel, you, you played high school football. You've had kids who played high school football. You've coached high school football. In fact, I recall after the Washington situation, you went back and you helped out at Rainier Beach. Am I right I about that? I loved my time at Rainier Beach. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. The fighting Vikings. Okay. Well, you obviously have seen what has been really sad, I think really sad video and sad news for the sport that you and I both love, especially on the high school level. The young man, I don't even remember where it was, came off the bench. We've all seen it by now. His emotions got the better of him. He attacked the ref. He ended up in jail. They took him off the field, the police. They threw him out of the game, and I think he, he, went, to the, he went to jail for a night or what have, have you. I, I'm wondering how you felt when you first saw that and if you have any thoughts for us on that terrible video. It was horrible video. It was a roughing the passer call. Added to it a uh, unsportsmanlike conduct call, which caused him to be ejected from the game. The referee makes the call, and then the kid breaks free from those who are consoling him on the sideline and basically just upends the uh, referee to a point where he's has to go to the hospital. It was a horrible scene. I hope and pray that the young kid gets the help he needs because obviously he was uh, a guy that couldn't handle the disappointment. And, and at some point we as coaches, and I, I, I think that I always go back to coaches in terms of handling these youngsters have to keep this in check in terms of priorities. We want to win games. There's no question, Mitch, we want to win games. We want to win at the, in the worst way because it, it's just so exciting to take a team from one place into a championship rung, but it can't go so far that you lose what is important 
along the way. And that's ultimately what happened here in Texas. And I, I applaud the high school. They've, they've removed themselves from the playoff. They were the winners in that game. Yes, they were. But they've removed themselves from the playoffs as, so as to not be a distraction. The young man hopefully will get the counseling that is necessary so he can uh, get back to a normal life. Hopefully the official in, in, in question uh, who got okay. hit is, is fine, healthy. But ultimately, it's, it's about coaching and about priorities. And, and I hope that everybody can keep in, that in check. It's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. He's Rick Neuheisel. Before we get over to your picks, let's segue to something a little bit lighter. I know that you're aware of it. As a head coach, maybe something happened similar to you along the way when things that normally are smooth don't go right and you have to make an adjustment. Your buddy Billy Napier, the Louisiana coach, did something I have never seen. I'm watching college football for probably 45 years. Never seen a guy up five with two minutes to go in the game at his own 35 instead of punting. He's too afraid at Division I college football coach, too afraid to snap the ball back to the punter because it had been a disaster the whole day that he takes his quarterback who takes a snap and runs 35 yards backwards for a safety, and then he punts the ball away and tries to hand the game to his defense to see if they can hold a three-point lead, which, by the way, they did. Crazy, crazy happenings with the University of Louisiana. Do you hearken back to anything that that happened in your past where you had to sometimes? Do something like that? <laughs> sometimes you just know, right? In your gut of guts, you just know. I'll, I'll take you back to Nick Saban and the popover kick in the national championship game against Clemson. Clemson is going up and down the field, and he realizes he can't stop Deshaun Watson. After scoring a touchdown, he does a little popover kick and they get the ball back. They steal, they steal a possession and it ends up helping them win the national title. There's a guy who's a defensive genius, right? The goat, the greatest of all times as a head coach, he realizes we can't stop these guys. I'm going to steal a possession. I had the same situation against Texas back in 2002 in the holiday bowl against Mac Brown and major Applewhite. And I, we can't stop him. And I'm going to pop it over. And Randy Hart, our defensive line coach, comes up to me and says, don't do it. We can stop him. And my gut of guts was like, no, you can't. But I can't <laughs> tell Randy that we can't. I said, all right, kick it deep. And right down the field they went. And then we ended up losing the game. I've never been able to look at myself in the mirror as a head coach and say, I knew I couldn't do it. I needed to stop him. This is the kind of stuff that you applaud a head coach. And this is why you get paid the big bucks. Billy Napier knew, and I don't know if it was a COVID related deal, if somebody was nervous, but Billy Napier knew he couldn't do it. He trusted his defense. He went to his defense. I remember in the uh, Aloha Bowl, before I became the Washington head coach, we played Oregon in the first game and then Washington and Air Force played in another game in Hawaii where there were two bowl games. And I went to my defense and said, I'm faking this punt, but I'm faking it because I think I can steal the game. And if I don't, you guys are going to win me the game. And they were all fired up about it. I used it as a, as a motivation. I don't care about the extra yards. You guys will stop these guys. And we ended up winning the game 51 to 43 over Mike Bellotti and the ducks. It, it is just something in your gut. You say analytics be damned. I, this is how to win the game. Imagine though, he's up five. I know it. He, I, that is they, that they, is they, a hard they, place they, to be. But they, you know what? <laughs> he won the game, Mitch. 
And you know what? He may very much be in line for a very, very good job coming oh down the road. Oh, my God. You're up five. They have to score a touchdown if we punt it to him. But we're so afraid of the snap and the, and the, and the block that we're going to give them two and make them only need a field goal with two minutes to go. I mean, I, that's the craziest scenario. The fact now, I mean, uh, now ask yourself, Mitch, what he's doing in his home. If he <laughs> punts and it's gets blocked, snapped over the punter's head. <laughs> and he's like, I okay. knew it. Okay. When you know, oh, you know, you know, you know, you look into the eyes. You said on a previous podcast, you look into the eyes, you know, the guy's not going to make the punt. You, when you know, you know, <laughs> Before the picks, can we just get a, a comment? Because I know you love Devontae Smith. Oh. You love that young man. You've said it before that other receivers have come a along. Brilliant player. Yeah. Other, other receivers have come along, even at, at Alabama, that maybe have, have gotten the light shined on them a little bit brighter. But this kid, my God, what a great, what a great play. How many, what do you have, three touchdowns and 250 yards in the first half? This past weekend, something like that? He now has, I believe, like 37 SEC touchdowns. Uh, he he is off the charts. And listen, yes, Jerry Judy was fantastic. Yes, Henry Ruggs is fantastic. Yes, Jalen Waddell is an explosive player. But this kid is so tough and so able to do everything you're asking of a receiver, whether it's the short ball, catch the tough catch, go deep, make the double move. He has it all. And I just can't wait to watch him at the next level. Now, obviously his Alabama career is, is far from over, but uh, it has just been a joy to watch him play. And Mac Jones has been, who's been brilliant. And he and Kyle Trask are on a collision course for a Heisman trophy contest there in Atlanta. That's going to be one that we'll all, we'll all uh, enjoy like no tomorrow, but this kid, Devonte Smith is special, special, special. Rick Neuheisel, before you give us your picks, your Sunday, who's going to win the Oregon Washington game? Honest, and don't speak to the, just the audience. Who's going to win the game? I'm worried about Washington. I'm worried about their ability to be consistent, and I'm going to lean Oregon right now. And it's hard for me to say that because I really like the way Washington had responded in the second half of the Utah game. But I would have expected that to happen in the first half of this ne- next game. I, I'm, I'm leaning Oregon right you now. You know it's my responsibility to the podcast listeners to ask you that the question is, if you're watching that game, will you be wearing your Oregon hat? <laughs> no, no. Strictly, strictly dogs. Strictly, strictly dogs. Okay. I wore a hat one time, Mitch. And by the way, it was a team that had just fired me, just so everybody's clear. You know, as much as to my chagrin, but I am a dog fan okay. through and through. Okay. Where are we going on the ice cream, the, uh, the cherry, the nuts? What do you well, got for us? As you know, yeah. this week normally is saved for only Army Navy. But because of COVID, we've moved everything back. So now Army Navy, the weekend, is being shared by a multitude of games. Right. But it deserves mention oh. that the Army Navy game gets some love. And I'm leaning Army over Navy. Minus as five Sunday. and a half. Yes. I, I think uh, Jeff Monken is ready. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Monken takes the uh, Vanderbilt job. Oh, okay. I, I'm just throwing his name out there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know what? This is maybe a way to play in the SEC because we have this uh, this issue with uh, our admissions issue, you know, problem. But maybe this triple option might work. 
just as Paul Johnson went down to Georgia Tech. I had another but, name for Vanderbilt. Who do you got? Rick Neuheisel. There's a brilliant name. <laughs> Gosh almighty. What are you doing? You, you, you want to be an agent? <laughs> Sunday. We've got the, the Black Knights over the midshipmen. Okay. For the cherry. Yep. Scotty Frost has had some tough luck, but they got to win this last weekend over Purdue. They have Minnesota. And I'm going to say the Cornhuskers are going to make it two in a row, giving nine. I think P.J. Flex, uh, Golden Gophers are – Really? It's been a rough year. I'm Boy. taking the Cornhuskers Boy. at home against Minnesota. Okay. That scares me. for the nuts. That scares me. That cherry scares me. I'll just tell you that right now. It seems like a lot of points to lay for a Nebraska team that I don't think is very good. You go ahead and be be scared. Okay. And for the nuts. Yes. And you know how I like to protect my nuts. And you do well with the nuts. (laughs) Yes. I am taking Ball State. Really? The Cardinals. To win the west side of the MAC and play Buffalo, they're going to take care of of Western Michigan. Western Michigan didn't play well this last week. They're a three-point favorite. I'm taking the Cardinals over the Broncos. I got them at two. All right. Well, you, I'll, 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 <laughs> I like that. I like the fact that it's two. All right. And Oregon's going to beat Washington. I hate to say it, but you, you told me to lean, <laughs> so I leaned. Without the hat. <laughs> Without the hat. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's my responsibility to bring up the hat. I love the hat. I love you the hat. love the hat. I love that picture. I got to find oh, that picture. Goodness gracious. I love that picture. You know how that all happened, right? Yeah, you've told us the story. Yeah. Somebody put Phil a hat Knight. on you. Yeah. Penny Knight. Penny Knight. What do you, I mean, when Penny says do something, you say yes. You do it. Yes, ma'am. You say how high. You jump, yes. you jump how high. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Rick Neuheisel, who's great to us on Mitch Unfiltered with another week of fun college football chatter and some serious news on the high school level. Rick, have a great week. We'll talk to you on episode 121. Thank you, sir. Look forward to it, Mitch. Take care. Boy, did the Washington Huskies ever blow it on Saturday. Had a chance to clinch the Pac-12 North by just beating Stanford after Oregon's loss to California. But instead, I guess the two teams will face off on Saturday for the Pac-12 North title and a chance to play in the Pac-12 championship game, should it even be played. There's Rick Neuheisel, CBS College football analyst. Evergreen CEO Tyler Hay is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Great partner. When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, that's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money, there's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money and we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually the money's in their hands tax accounting and prep is now a layer also of evergreen golf call correct correct mitch on july 1st we closed on sterling cooter so we now have a tax advisory component to our firm so clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their cpa and making sure all the documents go back and forth we just handle it for them so for mitch unfiltered listeners to find out more about evergreen golf call they've heard about you for years now on our 
on our podcast. Start with the website. Start with the newsletter. Yeah, they can go to the website and read the newsletter. That gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think. And then there's also a, a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us. Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay and the whole crew with offices along the West Coast. It's terrific to have them be a partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. So we were thinking about non-sports topics for this episode 120 of Mitch Unfiltered, and executive producer Steve Dion suggested, how about holiday shopping? How about online shopping? How about hot technology and gadgets that people want this year? And I said, sold. And then I'm reviewing writer Scott Kramer's bio on his Forbes magazine piece, and it states, I'm versed in golf and technology, and I'm thinking, that's a better duo than Sonny and Cher. That's that's Burns and Allen, for goodness sakes. How can you do better than golf and technology? You sucked me in. So here he is, writer Scott Kramer. How are you, Scott? Good, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being with us. What do you like more, technology or golf? Golf, for sure. <laughs> technology is kind of relatively new. <laughs> I don't get frustrated by technology, though. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to find out about your age. You get one, Nicholas or Woods? I like Tiger. He's more versatile. He's more multidimensional than, than Nicholas ever was. Nicholas... He was good. I don't think he had the the uh, competition that Tiger has. So I, I got to go with Tiger every day on this one. Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters this coming April. Will he do better than he did the last time, and will he uh, will he contend? <laughs> he's not going to do worse. Uh, I think he's going to do a lot better. I, you know what? I'm a sucker. I picked him to win. So uh, I'm talking about a few weeks ago. So uh, I'm going to hold that. Hold to that prediction for April. Tell us about the cool stuff. You had an article in Forbes on gadgets and gifts under $200, and we'll focus on that price range. But before we do, Scott, let's assume that I loved you so much during this interview that I wanted to send you a new gadget for the holidays, and price is no object. You can have anything you want that's out now, regardless of price, what would it be? Ooh, uh, well, price no object. I'll take an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just me. <laughs> How about on your list? What if I said, okay, I liked you a lot, but not that much for an electric car. <laughs> you can have anything on your list. I'll buy you anything on your list that's in Forbes magazine. What would you say it is, Scott? Without a doubt, the $60 wireless earbuds that uh, a company called Treb Lab <laughs> came out with. Oh, they were just fantastic. Best things I've ever tried. The music just jumps out. Of, it's just fantastic. Well, who makes them? Uh, Treb Lab. T-R-E-B-L-A-B. I actually think it's just some like Amazon-only distributor type of company, but these things are sensational. I, I listen to my daughter's ear, earbuds through her iPhone, and they're pretty good. These are every bit as good and maybe better. Wow. At a, a fraction of the price. Right. What, what, 60 bucks as opposed to what does it cost these days for the top-of-the-line Apple product? Oh, God. I mean, you know, at least two and a half times that. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, depending on the deals you get. How about some other items on your list? Give us two or three that you love. First of all, there's a um, what I thought was the coolest thing on here was this product by Home Medics. It's called uh, the Ozone Clean. And they're trying to play up the whole COVID angle. You want to sanitize your house thing. And 
they don't want you to use Lysol and anything with chemicals in it. So they came up with this device. It's, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, you just put tap water in it and it aerates it. And they, uh, they said it's a hundred year old technology using ozone to, to clean bacteria off of countertops and anything that's non-porous really. You just kind of aerate it for two minutes and then spray it on a countertop or I even use it on my car windshield and it not only cleans it, but it disinfects it. And wow. it's pretty cool. And I actually talked with the head of the company. I'm like, how do I know it's working? How can I trust you? <laughs> and he's like, you got to trust us. He said, it's, you know, they've been doing it for a hundred years, but nobody's ever turned it into like a consumer product. Wow. But um, yeah, it's really, it's really great. Here's the cool thing, Mitch. I didn't know this. He said, even if you're using chemicals, he goes, the best thing you can ever do to disinfect it is spray it on and then just let it sit and dry up on its own. I always assumed you just start wiping away, you know, to dry yeah. it up. Yeah. And yeah. No, you just spray it on there, let it sit for at least 30 seconds and then you can wipe it. But he said, better off, just let it sit and dry how, up, evaporate. How much that costing me? 130 bucks. 130 worth every bucks. penny. Okay. How yep. about the, uh, how about, I like this uh, smart dash cam from Cobra. What's that all about? Yeah. So uh, that's a, Kind of a cool thing. I wish every car in the world would come equipped with this. It's a dashboard camera. You know, you kind of clip it up to your windshield. It has like a suction cup and then it plugs into your cigarette lighter below. It just starts recording. This one has two cameras on it. So it records what's going on outside your windshield and inside the car cabin. And um, it's just for safety purposes. It's one of those things like... It's probably a visual distraction as you're driving, seeing the cord hanging down. But, you know, God forbid you're ever in an accident or something. This will save your butt, you know, from whose fault it is to insurance claims and all that. But what I if think it's a really on. great idea. What if I'm at fault, Scott? I don't, I don't you want, want. You want to delete that SD card immediately. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did I see on your, uh, on your Forbes piece, by the way, we're talking to Scott Kramer. He wrote a piece in Forbes magazine on all the the hot gadgets, the fun gadgets of 2020 that are under 200 bucks for the holidays. Great ideas. Did I see something, a remote control started candle, real candle flame? Did I see that Uh, right? That's that's the yeah, I would have thought that the remote control would have just put on a little light like a fake a fake flame, right? No? <laughs> no. This is this is great. Uh, first of all, this product's been out for two years, but this is the new version that I put in the column. It just came out. Okay. So we've been uh, using it in the house for about three weeks now, and I think I put it on every night. It is so cool. Yeah, it comes with a little remote, and it has kerosene or whatever it is inside, like these refillable cartridges, and you kind of shove it up the base of the candle this cartridge and then you just hit the remote you tell it how many hours you want it to be on and you hit on instantly you get a flame the first person actually had scented versions of it that you could put discs around the flame and it would it would kind of burn off the aroma in your room this one doesn't have an odor but the flames are terrific and you can clock it like like with your watch after one two four or eight hours it will immediately go off so what's cool about it is if anybody gets their hand near the flame, it goes off. If it senses motion, it has a gyroscope or whatever it is inside of it. Yep. If it senses any movement whatsoever, flame goes out. So 
this kind of saves people from accidentally knocking it over with their hand while they're trying to sleep and it's on their nightstand or something. You know, it's it's going to prevent a fire. But they are they are terrific. I love them. Who makes it and how much? It's from a company called Ludella, I believe, yeah. and it is. Uh, I've got to look, but I think it's like yeah, ninety nine bucks. Ninety nine bucks, and you get yeah, it's it's terrific. This Life Fuel Smart Nutrition Bottle. This reminds yeah. me, we got that soda streamer, I don't know what you call it, a few years ago. Right. My, and we don't even use it. I mean, we, we, we used it like three, <laughs> two times, making our own soda. How is this different? Is this better, worse, the same? What is this all about? Life Fuel Smart Nutrition Bottle, 99 bucks. Yeah, so, I yeah, we had a Soda Smart, and, and it finally died on us uh, recently. But And I use that a lot to make some root beer. But this puts... How can I say that? It has these little pods in it that put flavoring in there, and each of them has a different function. One's full of vitamin C, one has energy. There's like 10 different themes on it. And the the bottle itself holds three pods, and you get 30 shots of it, if you will, out of each pod. They kind of want it to be like the Keurig of nutrition. But, um, yeah, I, I think they might have a little work to do. They... And none of their, their liquids in there are FDA approved. They meet all the FDA guidelines, and that's great. But he says you can't approve a product like this for some reason, uh, he being the guy who owns the company and started it. But I do believe in it. I think it's a really good idea. But still, I just think 99 bucks. how many bottles of Gatorade could I buy for that? And, you know, uh, it's just, it's a luxury item, okay? okay. <laughs> so. Sounds like something Bryson DeChambeau would have, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but he would put a little bit more uh, carbs in that, but yeah. <laughs> there, have been, there have been digital photo frames out for years. What makes yes. this one that you featured in Forbes, the Simply Smart Holmes Brookstone Photo Share? What what makes this different than the ones that have been out and around for a few years? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it just looks awesome. You know, we have had some other photo digital photo frames in the house, and frankly, they I don't know, they just look schlocky. This one just the frame is very nice on it. The screen is super nice on it. It's ultra quiet. It holds 5,000 photos on it. You can put a um, memory stick on it to put, you know, an entire collection. And it accesses Google Photos directly or Facebook Photos. And it's kind of seamless. It's easy to use. The interface is terrific. I just think it's probably the best of what's out there. Okay. Did I see an, a, a paper airplane that you control from your <laughs> yeah. phone and your column? Is yeah. that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so here's the thing about that. I thought it was just going to be like a little toy. And they sent one for me to look at and review, and it's substantial. Like, it comes with, they sent me their whole kit that it includes, like, a foam core airplane. Basically, it's a drone, and it's a drone with a base on it. And to the base, you attach either this foam core plane. They have templates of paper airplanes that you can do, or you can make your own and add it. And then um, you just kind of control it with your phone. And... Kids will be mesmerized by this. I think it was a really, really bright idea by somebody. And it is how much? Uh, Eighty bucks. 80 uh, you bucks. can get a yeah. You can get a, an extensive kit for like I think one hundred and forty-seven dollars or something. And it comes with LED lights. It wow. comes with and you night fly, vision. You and fly the whole this deal. outside, right, Scott? Not inside. 
outside, right? <laughs> well, how tall is your ceiling? But yeah. <laughs> what makes Spot Cam's Eva number two for forty nine bucks a good buy? Yeah, it's uh, it's basically just because it's full resolution. It's pretty reasonably priced. I've used this company's. Uh, security cameras for several years now inside our house and i th- think they're fantastic they're just super easy to use you know i've tried a lot of bad ones and all i can say is these have never gone out on me the interface is really good with their app and it's just reliable what's the, what's the quality when, quality of the picture of the uh, video su- fantastic fantastic yeah. like high definition be- yeah high definition it is full hd 1080p and um yeah and it, by the way they store everything on the cloud for free there's no subscription or anything and it's um they're really good people they have good customer service and it's a company I would deal with and recommend to other people. Well, then you better be If they're storing stuff on the cloud, I guess I better be careful what that thing catches. <laughs> Uh, the celebrities, yeah. so celebrities have to worry about what those things catch, right? <laughs> yes, and, and you are an A-lister, so absolutely. <laughs> you know, this piece actually for forty-nine dollars. I'm not, uh, I'm not in the market with a young child anymore. Mine are grown up now, but I would think for a baby's room, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this yeah. this uh, this piece of this merchandise that you just reviewed for us not only that but they are kind of uh kind of touting uh that as a possibility for people too and and rightly so it is it is a really good piece of tech all right scott kramer the writer he wrote a great piece in forbes magazine uh, which told us all the gadgets in 2020 that everybody's trying to get their hands on is there anything i haven't asked about anything that didn't make the cut anything that's 300 or 400 500 dollars you know, inside of the electric car, Scott, that uh, well, I, that, that you'd like to, <laughs> that you'd like to get your hands on, or you'd like to tell our audience about anything. So, I, absolutely, I got to try this um, this thing uh, about two weeks ago called Light Boxer, L I T E Boxer. So we put it in the garage to try it out. It's fifteen hundred bucks, and they call it the Peloton of boxing. And you set it up, and it has these targets that light up. And it pairs to an iPad or to an Android device. And you can bring up workouts on it. You can bring up music that's timed to the lights. It's fantastic. You just punch away. They teach a technique. And I felt um, about 20 years younger once I was able to master it. Did you buy it? I wish. No. (laughs) Actually, the guy guy told me that version 2 is going to mount directly into the wall and it's going to have a built-in screen and and that's when I will consider buying it though. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Wow. Well, you helped us out. Now you've got me wanting about 10 or 12. My my wife asks me, "What do you what do you want for Hanukkah, Mitch?" and I say, "I don't know. I don't know." Now I got some ideas thanks to you, Scott. Appreciate it very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. I'm starting with the electric car and working my way back down. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Scott Kramer, happy holidays to you. Thanks for being on Mitch Unfilled. Happy Hanukkah to Mitch. Take care. Something a little different from episode 120. After all, it is the holiday season, and we wanted to know the hottest gadgets, the hottest gift ideas for your family and your loved ones and your friends. And there's Scott Kramer, who wrote the article for Forbes magazine. Hey, back with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline, the president of Zeke's Pizza, Dan Black. And Dan, geez, more bad COVID restriction news recently for all of us, especially those of you in the in the restaurant business. What's the deal for our favorite place for Northwest style pizza? Yeah, similar to what we talked about when the pandemic first hit, it's devastating for the restaurant industry. Uh, Zeke's, we feel fortunate in that we 
have always had a really strong takeout and delivery business. And so we've been able to capitalize on that and consolidate around that. And then we also have the added thing where the pandemic has really raised awareness in terms of beer delivery and alcohol delivery. And Zeke's is a leader in that category. And so uh, we've been able to ride that leadership position and, and actually grow a really strong business uh, around takeout and delivery that's even stronger now than it was before. You know, those of us that are pizza shoppers and have pizza delivered to our door, uh, we might take the whole process a little bit for granted, that phone call, the execution. But you guys at Zeke's take great pride. It is very, very important that you do this in an efficient manner. Yeah, there's no question. The delivery business is unique. Of course, we take great pride and care in the pizza and the beer part. With delivery, you have the added technology component. You know, people expect us to be on the level with like Uber and Amazon. And for a company our size, that's always a challenge. Uh, but then in the COVID era, when the pandemic hit, of course, the way you delivered and all the safety precautions that you take totally changed. And when it first hit, we learned all that on the fly. The cool thing about the current situation is our COVID safety game has never been stronger. And so we're just keep going in stride right now, even with the new restrictions, because uh, our delivery is extremely safe from a COVID standpoint. And that's one thing that's different about the second time around. And what's the Black family ordering these days? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. We've been ordering nothing but cans of Hop Tropic with our pizza. And Hop Tropic is our famous and really popular house beer, and it's always been extremely popular. It's a Northwest-style IPA, and having it be in cans is a big milestone for Zeke's and Rubens. And the, the cool thing about it is not only can you order it from Zeke's now, is it's got distribution around the Puget Sound, so you can get it at QFC and PCC and Chuck's Hop Shop and any place that there's really good beer around, you can find it now, which is pretty awesome. Nice. So online, on the phone, on the app, three ways to have pizza and beer delivered to your door in minutes. Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Okay, episode 120, the other stuff segment. Hotshot Scott is with me. You want to start? Lots of fallout still from that Jake Paul, Nate Robinson fight. People, I'm telling you, these fights, people are loving them. Okay, here we go. Jake had too much talent for Nate Robinson. I'd like to get Nate down here for you for a few weeks and train him. And George get... Foreman. You saw that. <laughs> George Foreman is like, he's watching this too? Okay. Uh, Antonio Tarver? And yeah, I remember him. Sure. He, he was an Olympian. Yeah. He beat Roy Jones twice, actually. Yeah. Calling out Jake Paul. He want, he, now, he wants to fight Jake Paul in a sanctioned fight. Claressa Shields. She said, I'll whoop Jake Paul's ass. She's been boxing for 14 years, two Olympics. Okay, well, these are boxers. Uh, okay, well, they, look. Why does everybody want to fight a non-boxer? Well, here's my big news. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather announces on his Instagram that he'll be involved in a boxing exhibition against Logan Paul on February 20th. Jake's brother, Logan. Who wants to see that? Who Logan, wants to see, like, one of the great champions of all time fight a non-boxer? Well, but this guy, Logan, called him out and said, I will beat that old man's ass. He's 25. What's what's okay. Mayweather? 47? But no. 40. The, the, the sh, sh, uh, Junior, yeah. 45? Is he that old? I, I don't know. I thought he was fighting last Tuesday. <laughs> no. Wasn't he the best boxer in the world like yeah. 10 minutes ago? Yes. <laughs> I don't think he's that old. Is he? By the way, you laugh at these fights. Logan Paul's last fight was in the Staples Center. They sold it out. The Staples Center. People are into this crap. I'm telling you. Jose Canseco wants to get in on it. It's amazing. I love this Is whole that world. the news that you had? for <laughs> yeah, the Mayweather's uh, going to fight Logan Paul. At least that's what he announced on and his And that's Instagram. the guy that beat... 
No, that's it's the, the guy's brother. brother. Yeah. But Logan boxes too. He beats some other YouTuber yeah. a couple times. I know it's crazy. Like people don't watch real boxing. When that I want to hear like from that. Nate Robinson. Is what I want to do. I I don't. As a matter of fact, get him on the podcast. Let's find out what happened. I have a cell number, but I don't. I I can't. I don't. I don't want to know Why? what happened. I want to know what happened. Maybe he had money on the other guy. And but, took a dive. Did you see how much they got paid? Now I have a confer- no. I heard it was six hundred dollars. Nate got for this. I heard Tyson got ten million. Right. I heard that. And he's given it all away? I don't know that I'm believing that. I didn't hear that he's given it all away. I don't know. I, I heard he was given Well, Ratso said he's given a lot of given it all, all away. I thought he said he was giving it all away. Mm. 10 million. Pretty good for a 55-year-old Alta Cocker to go into a ring. <laughs> there you go. He'll, he'll be back. 10 million. Yeah, it's a good payday. God, I can hang with you fellows for a while. That's right. <laughs> By the way, real quick, the jersey that Tommy Lasorda wore during Kurt Why Gibson's... are you doing two? It's my oh, turn. This is a quick one. Okay. If you want to buy Tommy Lasorda's jersey. He's out of intensive care, isn't he? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I just know okay. his jersey is up for auction. The one he wore in 1988, remember he ran out to the dugout after Kurt Gibson's home run? You mean you can picture what I'm talking about in the oh, World yeah, Series? Oh, yeah, with his arms up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That oh, jersey, yeah, if yeah. you want it, yeah. it's uh, going up for auction on October 15th, size 46, and it's autographed. By the way, it's weird. I was reading about, you know the Gibson home run ball has never been found? No one ever came forward. It didn't go that far. It just kind of scra- scraped the uh, the fence, didn't it? Yeah, no, one, no one's ever come forward and said, I want money for it or I want it. Really? Kurt, never. They have no idea what happened wow. to the Kurt Gibson ball. Isn't that crazy? Should do a documentary on that. I know they really should. There you go. All right, you're up. Why did you start with something non-Huskies? How about Husky football losing to Stanford as an 11-point favorite? You come don't to you talk got anything? About that? Don't, you, don't you have anything to say about that? Did you watch? No, I did. No, I, I did watch. One I, o'clock, right? One o'clock start. Yep. I was editing my new thing for the show, and I had it on, oh, and I was boy. keeping an eye on it. You had and, to toss that in. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Harry Manilow's on the way. That's right. He is. I told you. Oh my God. What are they doing? They're down three, four touchdowns. They come all the way back. They score the touchdown that's going to tie it or we think is going to tie it. It gets called back for holding. What are they doing? What's that? Then the defense can't get off the field when they got to get the ball back. Oh, my God. They had a chance. You realize they're the the Pac-12 North champions as of today if they win that game because Oregon loses its second game and the Oregon-Washington game has no no bearing on the Pac-12 championship game. They're playing just for an exhibition like Nate Robinson against Jake Paul or whatever the guy's name is. Hope the Huskies don't get knocked out. Yeah, that was sad. They were one and two, Stanford, and they couldn't stop. Apparently, they're the worst team against the run, and yeah, just like there was going to be a beating. God, the the Huskies' defense was so good in the second half a week ago. They had to throw a shutout against, I think it was Utah, a week earlier in the second half to give the Huskies a chance to win. They throw the shutout. Yeah. The Huskies do come back and win. So you feel like they've got all kinds of momentum. And then I know there were a lot of guys missing from not only the defense, but the offense. The wide receivers were missing. So they, they were missing. They were ravaged by injury, I suppose. Well, I guess some guys were missing, and we don't know why. We don't know why. Oh, yeah. And that'll that... take us to the basketball team here in a second. Yeah. But – um. Yeah, what a freaking bummer. Total bummer. They lose on a, as an 11-point favorite. So now they play Oregon this weekend. Winner I essentially goes to the Pac-12 championship game. It's for the North Division title. I like it. Hey, it's good. Something, something look forward Watson to. Stadium, if they even play the game. We'll see if they yeah, play the they, game. Who knows? It's always gonna, a, yeah. a crapshoot every this, week, right? <laughs> this time of year, yeah. We don't hey, know anybody want to get a game going? Yeah. <laughs> Our opponent's out. <laughs> Washington, And then the Washington basketball team. Can't beat anybody. They can't even play within. Everybody's jumping off Mike Hopkins' bandwagon. He's a he's a washed up has been. He's a good Ugh. assistant coach. He was a fluke the first two years. He was a great assistant to Bayheim. Nobody, you know, the the anti Mike Hopkins sentiment is already out there. It's already out after he won. 
I believe he was the Pac-12 coach of the year in his first two years. Yeah. Now he can't coach anymore. Yeah, he gets two first. He had two one and dunners leave, and then Nas Carter got into some. He stuff was supposed to be their best player, right. best returning He's player. He's not playing. Sexual misconduct, sexual assault—is that what the the daily newspaper is saying? That's what the daily newspaper is saying. He's out yeah. of school now. He and yeah. they, they, they they did make that announcement, right? That's official. Hopkins and him co-announced that he's leaving school to try a professional career in something. But then we find out that he is the centerpiece of an investigation over two alleged sexual assaults yeah. or sexual misconduct. I think what do it they was call assaults. it? Assaults. Two sexual assaults. Yeah. Uh, he's the centerpiece of both. So yeah. he's no longer – he's played his last game. We'll never see Nas Carter again at UW. NBA, is he good enough? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a shame. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a huge bummer. There was I remember there was a guy at UW. He was pretty good, and he left for his – his name was Mark Sanford, I want to say. Oh, yeah. And he, he left before his senior year because he had a good junior year. Yeah, played for the Miami Heat. Did he? Did he yeah, play? I didn't, yeah. play, didn't play much. So you know, right when I first came to town, that's like 95, 96, okay, 97, yeah. right in there. I was, I was yeah. like, man, he should have yeah, played in the NBA year. for a cup of coffee. Yeah, uh, a cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if Nas will maybe be the same way. I don't it's know. A bummer. It's a bummer. It's a shame. No, Nas is not nearly what Mark Sanford was at the time. Okay. Nas is a. It will be a journey. Will be a, 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 a at best a European basketball player. Australia or something. Yeah. 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 Bummer. But a bummer weekend for. Northwest sports, at least if you root for the Huskies Jesus. and Husky football, Husky basketball, the Seahawks. Not good. And then a friend of mine's like, oh, the, the Sounders are playing for the Western Conference Championship oh, yeah, next week. Are. I yeah. can't wait yeah. to watch a good team. People are mad that we, we and I was going to bring that up on this show. I have it in my notes, but that's going to be a big discussion. God, people are mad again. We're back to that. Why don't you guys, why don't people in this town, why don't sports radio stations in this town, why don't podcasts in this town cover the Seattle Sounders? I mean, do we know that sports radio, I mean, I don't really listen to them, but do they not cover the Sounders? I mean, I think that the, the station of the Sounders. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, I remember Softy used to have the head coach on. I don't know if he still. Talk, I think I, mean, they, I, I just don't think they talk about it as but, much as they talk about the NFL. Okay, not even well, close. Obviously, all right. But, and and people, the people who say they ought not talk or we ought not think that we don't talk about it or think that the the masses don't talk about it because they say it's not even the second, third, or fourth best league in the world. That's people bring that up, and yeah. and I, 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 for one, can tell you that has nothing to do with the reason that I don't talk about it. It has <laughs> nothing to do whether it's the third or fourth or fifth best team league in the world. Yeah. I just don't talk about it because I'm not a soccer guy. I think if it was the number one league in the world, I probably wouldn't talk about it any more than I talk about it now. Well, maybe I would be more... Keep, a, keep, a, keep an eye on it a little more, yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe I would be more kind of energized to learn more about the sport if it was a top-notch worldwide sensation, but no, the, the idea that, okay, these guys don't talk about it because it's not the best players. It's like asking them to talk about the double-A baseball that's right. team. That's right. That's not the re That may be a good reason to not talk about it, but that's not the that's reason not yours. I don't talk yeah, about Sanders it. Yeah, Sounders fans would say, but yeah. 45,000 people show up and, and yeah. people love it and yeah, they're, I've gone. they're good. Have you gone? Yeah. I uh, yeah I watched an, a a friendly against it was Manchester <laughs> United I, whatever the one Rooney was on anyway it was Wayne Wayne Rooney yeah the guy who got got the hair plugs I know all about Wayne <laughs> I love that he got he's like, he makes like fifty million a year and he's still vain enough to get hair plugs and I always love that but there was one nothing I was like oh the Sounders maybe they're pretty good 
oh yeah, and then the other team put their starters in in the second half and reeled off like four straight goals. And I was like, I guess it is really. So inferior. you think if he makes fifty million dollars a year, he should just go bald, or he should use a better just system, go bald, go better I mean, a better system. What does it matter at this point? You're vain. You're, he was one of the best athletes in the world. He's completely rich. What do you care if you're losing your hair or not? Just shave it, buddy. I love how men are vain. I always make. He shows up a year later. He's got like Pat Riley's hair. So he's just got like a full head of hair now. I always love that about him. Uh, anyway, are you following the George Clooney Flobie thing at all? Dude, I need to bring this up. You know what the Flobie is? No. You remember the infomercial about that, that thing that would cut your hair? It would suck it up a little tube, but then it would cut it at the right length? No. All right. He admitted. I don't know it, what you're talking about. Well, it was like. A, I know George Clooney, though. It was in the 90s. It was this thing called a Flobie. No sane person would probably use it. You, Wayne Rooney would definitely not use it. <laughs> no, no, he, no, 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 he sure wouldn't. George Clooney admitted in an interview that he's been using it for 20 years. He cuts his own hair with this Flobie. Really? He does a hell of a job. If you Sexiest remember, man alive. If back in 2000, people were paying hundreds of dollars to get the Clooney Caesar cut. They thought... That was I, a, I was trying to get the Jennifer Aniston cut. <laughs> you still are. It looks like people... This is, the Clooney cut was everything. People wanted it. Yeah. Who knew he was using a Flobie? I, and now... The people who make the Flobie, they can't keep them in stock after this interview. They are sold out. Is it? Is there a chance that he's joking? It, he, or that he's just trying to fool somebody, that he's doing a, doing a number on somebody? I think he went on a... Uh, he bought or that he his, bought some stock in Flobie. Yeah, maybe. But no, I think he went on a talk show and showed how he, he cut his hair on on Fallon or Kimmel or something. So I don't think it's a joke. But that's pretty okay. funny. The Flobie really worked. I've got a couple here. Okay. Gonzaga Baylor was supposed to play one versus two. They got canceled. Saw that. Sucks. I love college basketball. Yep. I love rooting against the weasel. Why did it get canceled? Who, who COVID. got sick? Gonzaga had a few uh, a few incidents. They did, okay. Yeah, they had a few positives. So Gonzaga Baylor got canceled, which sucks. Um, I've got the story of DeMar DeRozan. I have it. Crazy. Crazy story. NBA star, all-star player. Finds somebody, an intruder in his house. Yep. Goes downstairs and scares him away. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, the intruder was in a room with this little kid, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. The kid yeah. starts screaming, and DeMar's like, what the hell's going on? He goes, and he sees this stranger. In a gated community in, in California, a very wealthy com- community in, Phil- in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a gated community, but the suspect told cops that he wasn't interested in DeMar DeRozan. He got the wrong house. Oh. He was going to Kylie Jenner's house. Oh, that's right. I read that. But he made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Yeah. The billionaire Kylie Jenner that yeah. I told you about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was eventually arrested, and he's been charged with one count of felony burglary, but... He got booted out once, and then he came back and tried to get in. And that time, the security guards tackled him and called yeah. the police. But he tried to come back and come in again. Crazy. How about this one that's kind of from a similar vein? Okay. As she danced alone in the living room of her Hagerstown, Maryland home. You know what I'm going to say? I do, yeah. It's crazy. God, you're good. I know. Recording herself for a oh. video that she planned to post on TikTok. TikTok yeah, oh fame, yeah, it's huge. as I like to call it. Hannah Viverette was startled as she was recording when a man allegedly forced her patio door open. Who are you, she asks. Please get out. The man was wearing a hooded sweatshirt and allegedly stood in the doorway, hands in his pockets, smiling at her and talking to himself. She recognized the man, she explained. While she's never spoken to him, she has seen him in the area and he, as he resides in a nearby building. Viverette said that the man identified later by police as Angel... Moises or Angel Moises Rodriguez Gomez allegedly asked her if he was her friend and she replied no and he then allegedly asked are you sure at that point 
she said she demanded that he leave. So she's making a TikTok video in Hagerstown, Maryland. Yep. And while she's videoing, the guy's coming into the house. And, have you and ever, it's not the same guy from DeRozan's guy. It's a no, different guy. It's different guy altogether. <laughs> it's not the Joe Montana no, one no, either. No, no. It's different. What's different going person? on? What's I, going on in 2020? I mean, you know when you get scared and you do that weird kind of shake move? Like, you, you, you know, you literally like shake or like you scare, you see... She literally jolts. It scared the hell out of her because you yeah. don't expect your door to just right. pop open, man. It's And then she goes out a different door, luckily, and goes to her neighbors and says, hey, can I come in? Luckily, she knows her neighbor. She's like, yeah, come on in. And that's where the video ends. But it's, it's creepy, man. And then the other one I want to bring up that we should have probably talked about earlier, the high school football player. Yeah. Are we talking about that or are we not sure. talking about I, that? I hate talking about this stuff because I, I think it's awful and I feel sorry for referees all the time anyway because it's just like the most thankless. Everybody's shit seen job this ever. by now, right? Yeah, Everybody's seen this. Man. High school, it. big time high school football player. I don't know what state. Uh, might I have been, it. wasn't Texas, wasn't Florida. Uh, well, I'm scrolling through my swingers party. No, that's not it. Hold on. A Ohio. Yeah. I thought I had it. Maybe I didn't put it okay. on purpose because okay. it, it's tough. I, I, it's tough, it's tough to, to watch. watch. Very tough Who to watch. Who likes that stuff, man? Should the guy have gone to jail? He's 18, and he's he he. I think I saw that he did get arrested. He has a mugshot. Yeah, yeah he went to jail. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you okay with that? You want to put the guy in jail? For body slamming a ref? Yeah, yes. I, th- I think he knows better. The, the, yeah, I'm not saying he shouldn't, there shouldn't be consequences. Okay. High school student, maybe he's 18, maybe he's not. Let's the better get, you know, get, get obviously, horrible, horrible yeah. incident. He should be reprimanded. He should be never allowed to play high school football again. He should never be allowed to play the rest of the season, whatever it is. Should he go to jail? A young kid like that, I guess. I, I don't know. I There's something about the whole jail thing that maybe is a little bit much for me. But it's probably a night. He probably got bonded out the next, you know. Okay. I mean, look, if, if he fights another 18-year-old and they have full helmet and gear, that's different. Picking up a ref. With, There's no question. I mean, dude, you got to learn to keep control yourself. But I think that there are consequences, which might be, or maybe it's his last game. Maybe that no, there are no more games to throw him out of. I, I don't know. know. I'm cool with him in jail. You gotta, someone's got to okay. teach him a lesson. I mean, really? You think that's okay to do? No. You could have killed that guy. Not saying it's okay to do. No, I'm not saying. I'm just hy- hypothetically, yeah. like, I'm, I'm yeah. talking to him. Yeah. You think that's That was that's a hell okay? of a hit. The guy had, like, huge muscles. He looks like he's going to play at the next level. He's yeah. like a big guy. Yeah, huge guy. Yeah. So sad. I know we, we have a ref that, that uh, follows us on Twitter who talks really? to us once in a while. And I'm really? curious to see what he has to say about this. That guy looks big, though, on Twitter. I don't think anyone's slamming him. But, hey, I mean, what if he breaks the guy's neck and kills him? Hey, refs could be 60, 65. I mean, dude, you got to learn to control yourself. I think a night in jail, I'm totally fine. If my son did that, yep. I might make it too. I might not go, <laughs> honestly. Dude, you got to learn to control yourself in life. Okay. What are you going to do in an office when your boss tells you to okay. get to work, right? Okay. Come on, man. You got one more? You've said it many times. It's never good to get sued by your weed guy. Now you've, that's been your advice to me for years. Paul Pierce, <laughs> yeah. Paul Pierce is being sued by a guy named Kenneth Johnson who's been described as a, a master grower when it comes to cannabis. Yeah. You remember Paul Pierce, right? No, I don't remember Paul Pierce. <laughs> so this guy claims Paul Pierce offered him $10,000 a month and it would require him to come to L.A. and build his greenhouses and his yeah. whole production to get this marijuana thing going. But right. Pierce stiffed him and now the guy's suing him for $42,000 in, in unpaid wages. I love this. He's also suing for back pay plus pay, unpaid overtime, missed meal period violations. What? And more. So anyway, I thought the weed business was supposed to be fun, but it doesn't sound like it is for this guy. Paul Pierce. Apparently not. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. A, a high school worn jersey. All right. Was auctioned off for $192,000. Not Tommy Lasorda's apparently. Okay. Think about that. A high school basketball jersey, basketball jersey of an active living person 
was auctioned off this past week for $192,000. For a free taco at Taco Time Northwest. Tell me, unless you know the story. I don't. I honestly don't know this one. Tell me, guess whose game-worn high school jersey went for $192,000. Like a sport da, or no? Da, da. I just told you. You said jersey. I said basketball jersey. Oh, you did. Da, um, da, 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 da. He's alive. He's kicking. Whose jersey would be that much yeah. in demand? Whose high school basketball jersey? I mean, alive. The, the obvious Not Kobe. choice is Michael da, Jordan. Da, 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 is that right? You, I'll give you three guesses. Michael Jordan, and I won't tell you whether you got it right. Okay. A- after your three, I'll tell you if one LeBron of them. LeBron James. LeBron James. Because he didn't play college, so I think his high school stuff Ooh, might be... High school game-worn jersey. Yeah, and he's sure. alive, so it's not Kobe. Sure, sure, sure. And your Ka- third guess? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Why would you go that guess? Because I know Well, else. I mean, what are the chances that a, a jersey won. is still around? See, I think you're now starting to think along the right lines. Okay. Because LeBron, you know, he's been... He's not that old. Right. There's probably jerseys hanging around. Okay, yeah, yeah. You'd be wrong on all three accounts. Oh, boy. Because this man made his mark not as an NBA basketball player. Okay. He made his mark as the president of the United States of America. Barack Obama's high school-worn Hawaii jersey. <laughs> number 23, Obama. 192,000. Game-worn. Love it. That's so... 192,000? 192, not too shabby. We'll see what Lasorda's gets. It ain't going to be that, is it? <laughs> You're stuck on Lasorda. <laughs> Uh, okay, you want to do a quick R.I.P. about David Lander. Oh, yeah. Squiggy. Squiggy, yeah. God, I love Squiggy. Yeah. I, that was a couple of... Shlemiel. Shlemazel. Yeah. I had to look that up. I was like, I didn't know what Milwaukee? That... Wasn't it set in Milwaukee? I think so. Of course it was. Wasn't yeah. set in Milwaukee. So it was Happy Days. Oh, they both were. Yeah. They, they were. They were spinoffs of one another, I think. That's right. Yeah. And in the theme song... Lenny and Squiggy. Lenny was the lone wolf. What do you mean the lone wolf? That's what they called him. I think he called him himself- Lenny and Squiggy, the two guys from Laverne no, and Shirley. I know, but why would he be a lone wolf when he's with Lenny all the time? I don't know. I think he called himself <laughs> Lenny the lone wolf. I may be wrong about that. By the way, the theme song to Laverne and Shirley, can we just talk They say making our dreams come true. Yeah. But they both work in a beer factory. I mean, is that really your dream coming true? I don't know. Don't look down upon the, <laughs> I don't think upon really the common folk. But when they, when they put the glove you, you on You realize the- how, how I happy... I don't look down on them, but that's not Shirley, a dream come true. Laverne was never happy. Surely... Laverne was, was uh, Laverne was was never happy. Oh, I, did, I don't remember that. Oh, well. I don't really? think so. Oh, she was a hearty har har. I don't think she was happy. <laughs> Shirley was very sprot, very, very perky. Shirley. Yeah, yeah. No, what was what was the actress's name? Cindy Williams. Cindy. Very. Is good. that right? Wow. But when when they put the glove on the bottle and then it went down the line, do you remember? Oh the, yeah, sure. Hilarious. In the store. Oh. In, in, in the in the open. In yeah. the factory. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this he passed away at six thirty p.m. Um, at Cedar Sinai on Friday. Why are we giving the time out? We don't normally give times of days out. Well, you think it's important to tell people that it was 6.30 p.m. that he died? I'm just giving you all the info I have. I don't know. Here's the interesting part, ladies and gentlemen. He died at 6.30 p.m. Hotshot found out about it at 6.20. That's true. (laughs) His sister called me and said, all right, this is a little exclusive. Doesn't look good. Hotshot loves to be the first to know. It's true. Anyway, he started acting at 10, and him and Lenny, or Michael McKeon, I guess. That's right. They used to do those those characters. They actually met at Carnegie University in Pittsburgh, and that's where they developed the two characters. But, by the way, he had a small stake in the Portland Beavers. Yeah, he's a baseball guy. He was yeah. also a scout Yeah, at some point for the Mariners, maybe? For the first for the Anaheim Angels yeah. and then later for the Mariners. Yeah. Squiggy. He, he was Squiggy a, was a scout. He was, and he was a member of— Multiple the, sclerosis, is that right? I think he suffered from multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I don't have the cause here. Yeah. It's weird. His sister didn't give that to me. Um, <laughs> but he, he was a member of SABR, 
sabermetrics organization, the baseball oh, really? sabermetrics organization for really? many years. Really? Total baseball guy. All right. Let me see if I have one more. All right. Go ahead. See, you keep doing this. We got to go. This is a too long. All right. All right. All right. This is long, man. We got a we got a peace show coming up. We could do some of that. <laughs> right. Uh, hold on. Do I have anything else? I think I got one more. Oh. Um. Let's see here. Did the Texas high school football? Yeah. Oh, geez. I don't want to do about that high school collapse. The team that was ahead by nine with 27 seconds to go. I I did, I we'll do that, that for P. Okay. Richard Sherman says he's not going to play for the 49ers next year. Probably his time is over. Well, this guy, Vontez Perfect. Oh, yeah. He's arrested. No shock there. Was the, he in the league still? No, not anymore. He's been thrown out of the league. He's the cheapest player that I've ever seen play. Yeah. Literally the, the cheapest, dirtiest player I've ever seen play. And there's been some dirty ones. One out of the University of Washington, I think. Um... Out of the University That's of Washington. It. Yeah, I think Kevin Gogan. Oh, Gogan, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did he was the yeah, yeah. He that was game, I remember, perfect against the Steelers. Where he was just hitting people late? Crazy. Like, <laughs> I kind of see now why he wasn't drafted. He's a little nuts. But then he was like, proved that he could play in the league. Oh, no, he was really good. He was really good. He was yeah. really good. And he was good at Arizona good. State, too. Oh, he was really good. Yeah. Ferocious. Ferocious. Too good. Too yeah. good. <laughs> too good. Too good. Right, that's yeah. it. That's all I got. All right. You're I done. Got, I got one no, more. you're done. Oh, I'm done. Okay, good. Let's get out of here. Cops allege that <laughs> Joseph Lancaster, a 22-year-old University of South Florida student, oh, geez. caused a disturbance early Sunday after refusing to pay an $820 bill at a St. Petersburg night spot. First of all, $820 bill for a college kid at a night spot? Oh, uh, yeah, for drinks. Yeah. Okay. He's responsible for the whole bill? Uh, it's yeah, it's his tab. Okay, but it it can. I've seen people do it. It can go quickly. Hey, who wants a drink? Hey, yeah. come here. How we got girls? And everybody and, and everybody leaves, and one one college kid is on the hook for eight hundred and twenty three dollars. After okay. after he argued with security guards, his friends stepped in and they paid the bar tab for him. I guess they all threw in their cards and covered his his bar tab. Um, he was stumbling and slurring his words, then began shouting, "I am sorry, none of you graduated high school, but f you." Upon being detained by police. His belligerence didn't stop. He said, F you, rhymes with wussy, and bro, this is effed, right in front of the cops. Like, he's furious still. Oh, he's drunk. Yes. So when a police transport van arrived, he even argued with the van driver. He said the defendant had to be placed in shackles and stated, I don't care. This gets me off. He also said, pinch my nipples. Not my story. Charged with disorderly intoxication, a misdemeanor. He was booked into the county jail and was released after posting a $100 bond. So, yeah, someone can't handle their, their booze, it looks like. Right? You have some thoughts about this story? Well, I was just going to say, to be fair to this guy, who hasn't seen a bar bill for 800 bucks at the end of the night and said, bro, this is effed. I mean, God, you imagine 800 bucks? All right. This guy claims that being cuffed and having his nipples pinched gets him off, but... Let's see if the judge sees it that way. <laughs> I probably won't get off in court, will he, for that? All right. With you his felt friends, like he had to explain that one, huh? Well, I had to explain them all to you. you yeah. know? It's always a good joke when you have to explain the punchline. No, it always not. makes for a better joke. <laughs> with his friends stepping in to pay his $820 bar bill, just remember that he has better friends than you do. <laughs> and finally, another Florida man, uh, and this one's college educated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God. These are the not yet. Ones. He's not finished yet. He's, no, not he's 22, so he's probably this close, but yeah. who knows if he'll be let back in school. So there you go. Florida man strikes again. Are you telling me that it's just a matter of time before my son calls me? Dad, I'm in a bind. I've got an $823 bar bill. It can happen. It can happen. Am I going to have to pay an $823 Max Levy bar bill for all of his friends and 
group over there? Someone's going to have to. Someone's going to have to. Is pay there a place at Wash? Is there a place at UW that uh, you can run a bill that that high? Well, there's bars all over in UW for eight hundred and twenty-three dollars. Sure, mixed drinks, eight fifty a pop. You want a bottle of Cristal for four hundred? I mean, yeah, you can. <laughs> Max is it ordering a bottle of Cristal? I mean, bar prices are so. I mean, if you get a bottle of vodka for the table, it's like two hundred bucks or something. Where it would cost you forty in a store. But you're, you know? you're describing kids now. These are kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mixed these drinks. are broke kids in college. Eight hundred and twenty bucks. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. It's possible. Sorry about the Seahawks, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 120. Yeah, bummer. Eight and four down to the five seed. If they lose to the Jets, they're I'm, not going to lose to the Jets. I'm not coming in. No, not I'm, gonna I'm lose, out. They're not going to lose to the Jets. Not You're guaranteeing it. Not going to lose to the Jets. Not going to lose to the Jets. They'll. I'm not saying that they'll be great. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. They'll beat the Jets. They'll be nine and four when we do our next free show. But don't forget, for you non-patrons out there, we do another three or four shows. If you're people who write comments on the Apple Podcasts, <laughs> This is not the only show we do. We do three or four more. It's true. Over the course of the week. Yep. And you're getting ready to do another special discography. Yeah. When should, right? I, when should I drop that? It's not done, but. Is it almost done? Maybe halfway. I listened to it today and it's got 28 minutes so far. And Yeah. It's enough. I, oh, we got a long way to go. <laughs> Unfortunately. He had a, he's 72 years old, this guy. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of life. A lot of Barry! music. Barry! Uh, episode, <laughs> episode 120, ladies and gentlemen. Happy holidays in the books.